good everybody it's the late night edition enter the chaos i had to call it <laughs> open mic so always you know i'll send out some links in a second um so get people mad to get gathered yeah okay now I did a stream yesterday and I will probably upload it on this channel in a few days. So be on the lookout with that. Um, I think it was a good stream. Um, wish I had more participants, but like I said, most of, or majority of our people enough, they more like to invest their time into, I guess, foolishness, fuckery. And there's time place for everything, but you know, in the times we're in now, we try to learn as much as possible and try to either prepare or better ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually, in all aspects. I'll say most people that use you utilize YouTube, utilize it to the best of your ability. If you're going to invest your time in, in watching streams or listening to streams, make sure it's something that you're going to gain from it. If you're not gaining up from it, my advice, leave it alone. Just leave it alone. I think I've been consistent now for the time I'm done here doing contests, put enough information. I think I could do better, like everything else. But it takes works. How you doing, Jonathan? Yeah, what's good? I'm opening a Discord link in a second. So if you got Discord or anything, I will share it. Um, oh, okay, the Discord's up, so let me find it. Okay. Okay, Jonathan, I'm looking at the chat room now. Okay. I got in the background, that was good. All right, I sent some links. And if people come, that'll be good. Um, okay, I think we'll talk about is um let me think any current events that's on your guys mind that you want me to discuss and i'll drop the link in um all right let me just check who's on here um where's my thing oh is you jonathan okay how you doing jonathan What's going on, G? 
I'm good. So what's good with you? Anything on your mind? Any subjects that comes oh, to yeah. thinking? This is an open conversation. See how this night will go. Make taking a use of every possibility through the hangouts. You know, before I decide <laughs> what to do after here. You know. <laughs> now go. Dudes, uh, I don't know, man. A lot of dudes uh, when they're on YouTube, man, they not focused. They don't watch more of the educational videos. Like there's like nothing but real estate videos, maybe music videos I listen to. And a couple mm-hmm. of brothers, I hear feedback on the on the, on the background. Mm-hmm. I hear feedback. Wait, you hear feedback right now? What do you hear? Uh, nah, not anymore. But like I was saying, a lot of dudes, um, they don't know how to compartmentalize uh, and you know separate the fuck shit for you know development. Too many dudes just fell in love with bullshit and they time. Um, you know, the interesting thing about YouTube, and YouTube is a platform that anybody could take advantage and use to the best of their ability, but this is my thing moving forward, and I've been doing content now, not even a year yet. It's been halfway now to this year since I've been out here. I've learned a lot. I mean, I've learned that, you know, through my journeys on here, and when I tell people I'm being sincere in my journeys... It is a struggle, and it's not only a struggle, but it's something that was that I didn't really was going to expect. But now that doing it for almost half, half of this year, it's expected. And the reason why, because down the line, when we talk about better ourselves, or they look for outlets, or just the information, you know, just to you know to look in and maybe not only apply, but maybe take it beyond. It's not there for as a collective for people unfortunately and i i've Mm -hmm. I've now learned this even with the the little streams that i i and mind you if you've been on my page heavily you know it's the amount of videos i put out here um some good probably better let me roll up these motherfucking windows oh shit hold on hold on who's on here man how you guys doing i'm sorry how you doing oh sam oh how you doing sam yeah. What I've learned um that fuckery sells at the end of the day. Is that and, what we're talking about? Fuckery selling? No, 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 no. It's, this is open. I was talking to Jonathan. Hello, Rainy Roman. How you doing? I just opened back to see who's online. I, I walked away and then I just came back and heard that didn't mean to interrupt. Good evening. You know I'm going to try not to fall asleep, so what are we talking about? Oh, well, this is anything. We're just going to talk about general current events or people's on their mind. And Jonathan was saying something. And was experience. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I apologize. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, and like I said, my experience is different from everybody else, but this is what I've concluded so far, you know. And I was telling Jonathan it. So when I, when I mean by the, the effort, I mean, in regards to actual growth, it's not there. So um, at the end of the day, you know, I just only can do is continue to do what I'm doing. And if those who want to see here, they're going to see here. The ones that don't, you know, this is not for you. It's that simple, you know. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and you're going to see one day just bust out with something then that you will like and that you're going to give up not only a like, but you're going to comment and then watch it. I, I, I didn't really meant that to be. I was trying to hit the information 
and to mix up a little bit, balance up a little bit, you know? I'd rather focus on more things that are a little bit more tangible and the other garbage bullshit should be the least, less, you know, from what I'm watching on YouTube right now with everybody, you know? Just like you, Rainy Woman, you one time entertain a lot of spaces, but as you know, as as a grown woman as you are, you right deal say, I need something that I could grow and learn. See, black men doing something constructive. You hear me? You want well, to I talk about all, I was I, I was already yeah. on that on that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, hey guys. I never I never did. I never strayed away from what I came here came here for. Um mm-hmm. anyway, so Nice avatar these days. Yeah. What's up, Chaos? How you doing? Wait, is that Charles? Wait, let me see if Charles came on the line. Not yet. Oh, he did. I just saw some popped up on my... I'm going back and forth between watching YouTube in the chat room and my hangout. So don't mind me. What's up? How you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Sorry I've been able to get on these past couple of days. I've been working, you know, trying to... um, Get your money, man. Uh, get, get your money. Get my money. And I'm also uh, planning for the Halloween parade. So here in New York City, it's it's big out here. I love okay. it. I love it. Halloween parade in, in July? Oh. No, I'm preparing. I'm getting my oh, stuff prepared. Oh, you're preparing for it. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I got you. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, man. How you guys been? I don't mean to cut you off. I don't know what the topic is tonight. You know what I'm saying? I'm just the topic, and this is um Enter the Chaos. This is a regular um, late night edition open mic, we speak our mind, we mm-hmm. try to talk about live current events, chop mm-hmm. it up, see what, um, how we view the world. It should be a very interesting conversation tonight, you know. Normally I don't do open, open hangouts until like, if I have some in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see what the world has to say, you know, what feels mine. Hey. Because, you know, after, you know, watching so much, so much foolishness, we want to sit back and just have a reflection on a lot of things, you know. Things like that. Yeah, man. There's been a lot of yeah. crazy shit going on on YouTube, man. I'm like, I'm in wow. awe, man. I mean, let me just run this real quick. And I don't know if this will lead off into another conversation with y'all because I got my homeboy with me. I got to bring him to, to his spot. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've been I've been talking to a lot of people on YouTube, right? Um, All in the back chats, you know. Um, you know, some of the bigger YouTubers and all that. And... You know, it's just been kind of weird. I mean, before I, I've been doing, I've been doing uploads for about four years now, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I decided to start doing, like, not doing, but just getting on panels for the past few months. So that's what you guys have been seeing me. I got a whole channel, right? So, you know, some of the people that I've looked up to on here, they just, it's just gotten bad. Like, I start, I started to learn a lot of people, people on a personal level. And it is fucked up. Like I've always been the leader. I'm in my, my my community, um, here in Ohio and also in New Orleans. Like I am definitely an advocate and a leader in my community. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of these YouTubers, I just started to realize just behind the scenes that they're not the same way. A lot of these motherfuckers just on here for a popularity contest, men and women, you know. Yeah. And um, I just learned like how to how to move a different way going forward. So I don't know what. It's going to happen, you know, with the hangouts and shit like that. I actually spoke to Jap, and, um, you know, he was telling me, too, like, because I came, I came in around the same time they did, like, around the OCs and shit, but I took a, a year or two off of YouTube. So, um, okay, you know, he was like, yeah, man, you know, start getting into blog talk, so I might just start doing that. 
But um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just weird talking to people behind the scenes. You know, you know, me and uh, a few people like like I, I've been in so much shit where people don't want to fuck with this side, so they, they they mad at you because you fuck with this this group of people. This yeah, I'm turning to blood and crips. I'm turning to blood and crips and shit. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. These little clicks, you know. I made some good alliances, but you know, as far as like my 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 really personal plans, it's like it, it kind of fucking with these alliances kind of fucked that up. You know what I'm saying? Not really fuck it up, but you know, it just kind of made me think about them. You know. But uh, I mean, you know, just be born leaders out here, man. Just this is social media, and at the same time. As a black leader, you don't have to be narcissistic about this, you know? I mean, I've been on a lot of panels, and I've always said that we all have the same goal. We want to defend our black reputation, and we can't be on here like this, man. You know, I mean, I've talked to Cerulean behind the scenes several times. I've talked to Cerulean just about every day. Um, You know, I've talked to, like, a lot of prominent YouTubers behind the scenes, you know? And and I'll tell them all the same thing. I'm like, just don't let this be a fucking popularity contest, man. It don't need to be that way because, I mean, if this was a popularity contest, if we were YouTubing on video games, on, on some how to do shit, then that's cool. We're talking about black issues here, man. Even with you, Chaos, man, you're like, your, your conversations, your talking points on here are black issue-based, right? Yeah, it, it's it's really dealing with current events, and really, it, it, we I focus mostly on us because we all we got at the end of the day. Um, I wish that you know, even with you know, as for the contribute, that's optional. It'd be good, but overall, you know, I'm I start out in this journey to really set myself and presence away from the regular things I was doing outside of YouTube, besides you know being um, participant for years, you know, and right. I. I came to the decision after, you know, dealing with the social media, like Instagram, Facebook, and seeing the censoring of that per se, I decided to say, yo, you know, since I be on YouTube a lot, maybe it's time to really dedicate and just do a channel. And I was skeptical and afraid to do it because I don't know what I'm going to get out of this, what's going to happen with, and doing it, just putting out there, you know, I've seen some highs and see some very lows and steady. With this progression um and one of the things i find challenging out of all this is that people don't want to deal with actual information at the end of the day if it's not something where it's attacking black women black men or this other some nonsense it will not be looked at they will not sit to have their attention span longer than five ten minutes you mean a flea hello hello you mean a ten- detention span of a flea I don't know what there's a ten span in general. We're not to call it no special name, just in general. Hmm. Yeah, we get it. I disagree. Mm-hmm. Okay. I disagree. And the reason why I disagree is because your target, your audience that's here for what you have to provide and, and your message or your purpose is going to tune in to what you're talking about. They're not gonna have that low attention span. Mm-hmm. We're reaching out to other audiences that are not ex- expecting your message to just reach everybody. That's when you are going to see where well, this doesn't work for the people or whatever. Everything is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's where, so, so that's where it comes in, like, where you have to ask yourself, not worry about anybody else. You have to ask yourself, 
am I trying to be popular? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not trying to be popular, you understand that it is a process and that you're just going to do what it is that you're supposed to do and be consistent because consistency is the key. Being authentic is the key. Being intentional about your own purpose is the key. Then you don't have, then you don't compare yourself to other people that's not in the same genre or the same range of what you're doing. I agree. I Good agree. point. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. raining woman. Like that, that. That's why raining woman moved the way raining woman moves. Hey, Miss Raining Woman, I gotta ask you a question. Just a just a sidebar. Did you do what I did? You did you get the the things I told you about? The Ethernet thing. Ethernet. No, no, I haven't gotten the Ethernet thing. I have. Do you know what it is? Do I know what it is? Yeah, um, I, I, I gave I gave you the idea, right? Right, exactly, exactly. I just haven't gone to get it yet um, because I'm just not that focused on it right now. Like, it's just, but I know when I'm ready. Yeah. Hear from me. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, you can hit me up anytime. Hit me up anytime. Uh, You know, I, I, I to tell you what the, the brand of Ethernet cable to get, you want to get something nice. Uh, you want to get, uh, um, Jesus, um, You'll be able to tell me. I don't want to take over chaos. Um, yeah, that's true. But you, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, and, and I know to reach out to you. I know you're here for me, baby. Thank you. And see, you're that's welcome. What I'm talking about too, right? Because look, Nuridin, I have Nuridin, and I haven't chatted in no shape, form, or fashion. And I know at least probably about three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. But you see how he's getting on here, like he's ready to like remind me and ready to assist me. That's because. We're on purpose. You know what I mean? I didn't, I'm not getting on here begging him for this or that or whatever or nobody for that matter. But that's what you have to do. You know what I'm saying? This is what. This is why I've always said, "Rainy woman, don't do no fucking clicks." Right. I'm not. A, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a grown ass woman. You don't get any more grown than what I am. I'm grown, baby. Mm-hmm. I don't do clicks. I'm not in school. You can't boss me. <laughs> you know, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but I, I was, I was serious. Rain woman, you know, that's what I always like about you when you're around, especially me or anybody else. And it brings that wholeness that bring back together again, you know, in regards to, you know, certain situations. Because, you know, man has to talk out his problems a little bit, you know, you kind of center in a little better. Um, but like I said, I don't really do this with popularity, but, you know, and like the mission at the end of the day is to get just quite enough. I don't expect everybody to get it and to get a whole bunch because not everything must be out here for people, you know? Right. And mm-hmm. I, I find interesting, you know, the challenge is that, you know, when people complain about issues, mm-hmm. either small or big, I look at them, then I say, how serious are you about these issues? Because... Usually with any issues, there is a solution to every problem. And with that solution, you gotta take a sense of an action. If you're not willing to do either the two, then you might sit down, shut the hell up, and wallow into your misery. Right. But see, that's a mindset change. That's a mindset change. Your mindset gotta change in order. Your mindset gotta change in order to be able to adhere discipline like that. Because shutting up is discipline. Right. 
Plus, you know what, too? You have to also, hey, Albert, you have to also realize that people like to complain. Get that. People Mm -hmm. love to complain versus take any action towards a solution. You know why? Because complaining is easy. Solutions are work. Exactly. Exactly. What up, Chaos? What's up, Albert? You know, you could use Discord. I like to mix up a little bit, but that's fine. <laughs> it is easier. It is much easier to get people to join you in your complaining than what it is to take action towards any solutions. Mm-hmm. But soldiers and leaders only do solutions. Mm-hmm. Peasants complain. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yes, indeed, man. And the funny thing, when people say that they have to do something, that's when you see that the, the more warning comes. That means cannot is forcing you to do some work. And it shows that, you know, when you're not only physically but intellectually lazy, you're not willing to do no work at all. You just sit there and say, whoa, it's me, this and that. And I can see right through your behavior and say, you know what, you are lazy. So obviously, if I give you a, a simple solution, you're not going to take no action because the way how you move, you're not going to take action anyway. Good tell. You know? Because people, real people, make moves. You know? Mm-hmm. They hear a wall about why the world's second. They said they do something about it. You know what I'm saying? Man and woman. Exactly. 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 Because really, life is about adjusting because you're always on the move, you're always scrambling. Like a quarterback, basically your quarterback in your life, and your offensive coordinator and your coaches, the books that you read or the mentors you have, and you got to basically be the Tom Brady and your mentors, Bill Belichick, and you got to be able to make sure that you can be able to adjust on what ha- whatever happens because people just do not have a game plan or not prepared or have a war chest of information or money to be able to make sure that they can handle that curve. Mm-hmm. 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 Indeed, indeed. Hello, Sam. Um, I think Semitic. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, in the chat room. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, that was you. That's I don't know if that's you in the chat room. Actually, it's you. Okay. <laughs> I, I was looking at the chat room. That's you. That's up here. Okay, okay. So, um, come on, man. You know it's me, man. No, I was looking back at room. So you responded to the chat room and then. I just found the channel. I was like, you know, it's disrespectful for me to just go to a hangout and not go on the channel. I think that's rude, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not right. Yeah, it's not right at all. Right. So, yeah, I'm uh, in the chat, too. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, For the fellas that's up here, um, what do you think will you see the outcome now for enough people or just enough content creators moving forward? Now that YouTube has made this, will people adjust, or are they just going to sit there, continue on what they've been doing? I think I think we can adjust. I mean, there's several platforms that we can. Uh, well, there's several mm-hmm. software pieces of software. I mean, there's Discord, there's Twitch. I mean, there's several of them out there. Um, there's even Blog Talk Radio. I mean, I come from an era where all we did was uploads anyway. You know, I mean, I started seeing Google Hangouts, and I was like. Man, how the hell everybody get on these panels like this? How how this shit work? So I downloaded it and I was able to get on it. But um, I mean, it's fun because people were telling me, I'm like, 
go to my channel, check out my shit. And uh, it was like, software. I don't know. I, I like going to the panels. The panels are more fun. They're more interactive and all of this, right? So um, I, I see what it is. It's like like people want to interact. But Minister Jab said some real shit, man. He said some real shit. He was like, you know, it just got to the point with, with these hangouts. It's like you got the fans all on the court. You know, you got people who don't even have content. Like, Ren told me the same shit. She was like, yeah, you know, I, I fucks with you because you a content creator. I only let content creators get on my panel, but, at, you know, like, a lot of times she didn't really do that. She only let people who actually came on panels initially to take and, uh, you know, get on this. I'm sorry, random woman. You trying to say something? No, hey, sweetie, I'm, I'm listening. No, sweetie, I'm listening. All right, oh, I, I saw your avatar. But, um, oh, I don't know why I have a time it moves like that when uh when sound is happening. Like that, you can't have random people on your panels. You gotta, you know, you, you gotta have people on your shit with content. I mean, I don't mind paying that forty dollars a month to have a blog talk radio. I plan on going live in August. You know, so um, I I, I think that it's a good thing. I think that we as black YouTubers will definitely evolve, even if it's going back to doing uploads. I mean, that, that shit was good. If somebody has a good topic, good content, good thumbnail, you know, people gonna come and watch your shit. Some of my videos, I got over like three thousand subscribers. I'm three thousand um views on them and shit, you know. So um, you know, it, it's definitely out there. I mean, it, and at the end of the day, it's still a hobby. You're still addressing your opinion. You know, fuck this popularity contest, man. Thank you, <laughs> Sam. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sam. Exactly. Yeah, some folk are already adjusting. I helped BGS test out some stuff today. Well, you know, um, with the software that's out there, you know, mm -hmm. you can, you know, if let's say, um, let's say there's a Google Meets, right? If you have a Patreon or something like that, you have people paying through your Patreon, you can have a live show through your Patreon. Mm -hmm. I can do some re yeah, not, not I can do some more. That, yeah. Yeah, I, no, what I'm saying is, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, you, uh, Patreon has it to where you could hyperlink, like the Google Hangout link, and then you could do it through there. Yeah, you're I right. Could, uh, hey, Chaos, I could find out more about it and tell you about it later. Yeah, I know that's true. Nala actually does that. She does that. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what you guys could do, let's say um, you guys are hosting your shows. If you have your Patreons or whatever, uh, you could just, uh, I think, copy. Cause I don't think Google Hangouts is going to be anymore until um, they're canceling out uh, Google Hangouts. But once they um, create, I think it's called Google Friends or something. What was it called? Google Friends? Or Google Meetups? Uh, you hyperlink the Google Meetups and you, uh, um, you test it out through there. And after that, you know, you know, with the technology that's out there, the software, you know, Use it, mm -hmm. right? You know, when I was working, when I was working for um, when I was working for uh, this uh, cell phone company, this smartphone company. We predicted within about five years everybody would have one. We, well, I was the guy that was in in the uh, in in the store, you know, writing down what you wanted in a phone. Mm -hmm. I was there. I was there uh, uh, saying, "Hey, listen, what do you want? Do you?" And I used to write down what it would write down. We used to send it over to the manufacturers. So, you know, if you have the technology, 
uh, leverage it, leverage it to the best of your ability. Content creators need to step up their game too, because a lot of their content be too redundant and too whiny. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm back. I'm sorry, my internet just cut off. I missed a lot from Sam and you. What you were saying earlier, Sam, about Block Radio. I, I, I'm gonna let you continue. I just went here. Because I used to participate on Block Talk Radio um, a few years ago on another platform. And it's good, but I, the reason why someone left it because it started to get expensive to some users because a lot of people were using YouTube more than Blog Talk. So Blog Talk kind of hiked it up a little bit. But I could see a lot of people go back to Blog Talk soon because you know, it's open back the market. But only time will tell. But, but continue, guys, what you were saying. No, I was saying, no, um, good. Go ahead, you're ready in the woman. I, I didn't mean to cut y'all. No, that was me. I'm listening. No, I was saying. I don't know why you I'm keep listening. popping up on my avatar like this. I don't know. She keep you know why? On my she keep popping you know on my why? Avatar. All you have to do is tap on yourself. And uh, you tap on yourself twice. And when you're talking, mm -hmm. uh, your avatar will pop up on everybody else until, until you stop. Or there could be some noise in the background. But don't worry about it, guys. Let's continue talking. Don't worry about, about it. Let's keep going. We're here to listen to information. Come on. Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, Noradine. Um, and, you know, I was, I was looking at some outlets to potentially might be sleeping the little live stream. Right. There are some things like Zoom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I heard about, like you said, um, Noradine, Google something. What? I think yeah. Google is going to stop the Hangouts, right? Yeah, they're stopping the Hangouts, yeah. They're stopping Hangouts, but they're making a thing called Google Friends, which is going to be the, the actually is going to be the same thing. It's just not going to be Hangouts. It's going to be called Google Friends, and everybody will hang out there. So what you can do is like when you have like your Patreon or something like that, and like you're reading like your news, you could drop the, the live link into into where it is, or you could email like your friends or your supporters or whatever, and then they can hop in through there. As long as they have the as long as they have the app, yeah. So I got like, people rushing it to leave and, and said now they're gonna use something else to go live stream and so wait to see what, what they'll do. Wait to see what play. happens. That, that's what I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna wait to see what happens because I'm not gonna sit down though another app and pay monthly fees to something that mm -hmm. it, and don't get my I'll pay if it's relevant, but if they're creating something that might be better than a hangout, I'll just sit back and see how it is because I still wanna do what I'm doing and probably eventually start doing some short videos. Per se, and start mix up because I have been drawn away from it late, lately. But because I have so much on my mind to say, it can't hold for ten minutes when I do these things, unfortunately. So maybe I'll I'll, I'll go stream for like thirty minutes depending on the subject matter. But I can't really see myself doing something like ten minutes, you know, unless it's something goofy, you know. Mm -hmm. Some usually that information or some point, it, it cannot be said under around ten minutes. You know, I tried it, but. You know, Sometimes I'd be watching the clock when I start going in. So, but like I said, I'm gonna sit back and see what they'll use as a replacement. You know, and if it, if I don't like it, then I think I will have to look into other platforms. You know, to stream. You know, I already use OBS. If y'all guys are not aware of it, it's not the best because I don't have a desktop. I use you know a laptop, and you know, <laughs> when I stream, it like if you don't got a certain amount of speed, it will delay. So yeah, I might catch it late sometimes, but when when the whole thing done and you go back to replay, it plays perfectly. Right. Imagine that. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So 
I do experiment other ventures besides the Hangouts. Hangouts are just convenient, but I can see that Google is not really friendly because it could probably hold a whole lot of story. Maybe that's another reason why they're stopping it. Because people are going eight hours, Noradine, right. on Hangouts. It's hard to go even back three, much as four hours and five hours on a stream. You know? Yeah, but that's what it was designed for. Yeah. Yeah, but the longer the stream, the more storage you got. Yeah, more storage. And you have OBS, you, you could go infinite with time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's a lot, it's a lot of space. Right. A lot of space. The space adds up quickly when you have eight hour stream. That's you talking gigabytes probably. That is it's it's once you go through I think three hours or more, it's a gigabyte. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, I gotta double check. Because when I when I upload a, a audio recording and it goes a certain amount of time, it's almost touching like a gigabyte. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Right. So imagine if that's a gigabyte on time. Imagine you're doing a stream. Much greater time. That's more space. But a lot of people don't understand, you know, on YouTube, you know, you, you take use of this so-called platform and let everybody know that's watching. There's nothing really free. free. I want people to get that clear. It's going to cost something, you know. Mm-hmm. If you download the app, I'm saying you're paying somehow. You know, I want people to get out of this illusion that everything that you take for granted is free. You know, you're paying something. Right. You know nothing in life is free. I knew this a long time ago. A few people that, that take the luxury, they think, because, okay, no, look, it's free. Yes, but if you're paying a bill, you're still paying for that. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. Yeah, so. But anyway, you know, I got I'm going to sit back and see what they're I got a question for the panel. Uh, yes. Do any of the panels yes. sell products or a service or have a specialty packaged up for your uh, visual content? When you create content, do you have a, a product or service package? I know it's a know, lot of the, the YouTube stack package service is winning. Glennon Cameron with Hustlers Kung Fu, he, he's winning with this package of service. Uh, that's a good question. Well, with me, because the only thing that maybe they can monetize the game might, but as a separate package from Chaos Rain, I have not developed one at this time. Yet. Mm-hmm. I, was still, I was still debating Maybe have like a booklet of most of my shows and booklet. I'm still thinking how much. Repair. I was thinking like credit repair because I know about credit repair and how I actually help fix my credit. And that's a specialized uh, uh, case of uh, skill set that I want to be able to package and wrap it up as a service. Well, yeah. you gotta understand anything in regards to credit bill, credit repair. You always gotta look at the market and who's out there. You know. Because once you create something, you have to create something that will you'll stand out than the next person to really get people onto let's say buy your package. You know, all this marketing at the end of the day. So if you if you're really good at here, the only thing you have your concern moving forward is how you're gonna market it to get the best out of your um time and your buck. Mm-hmm. Once you right. master that, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I, I managed to fix my credit, and I know how to be able to do a couple of uh, Facebook ads, Google ads, and those are specialized packages that I'm willing to sell, and also doing uh, local marketing for, like, gyms and lawyers, doctors, helping them with their marketing funnel. Okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's excellent. Is that Edward? Thanks, Yeah, it is. How you doing, Edward? 
How are you doing? Yeah, Chaos, I'm about to get off. You have a good night. All right. Hey, Chaos, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back in a little while. I'll be back. Right. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So what's up, Edward? The man that you know you come and bless the channel ain't chance you get because you bring a different element, Mr. Anderson. You know, like yeah, I don't know. Do. I get I get on this bitch like three people bounce bounced off. I don't know if I just repel people or what. Oh, I didn't know you had that power. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Can you speak up, Miss Rainwoman? You sound so far. I said, but then I'm pissed off, man. If he repelling people, why am I still up here? Well, you're here because you're you are a lady, nonetheless. You know, we can't have too much masculine energy around here. I have background notes. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I don't think it's me. Jonathan. I think it's competing. All right, good. All right, yeah. Like I said, you know. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Now I'm saying hi, Edward. Edward. Oh, he's Mm -hmm. muted. Yeah, my bad. I'm clicking through my phone and shit. Yeah, so what's up? So what are y'all talking about? Well, this is just an open conversation. We could talk about you know, live current events, things that's on your mind. Um, and one thing we were talking about earlier, in the challenge that I have on here, I find it very interesting, um, even the progression of what I'm doing. That, I mean, I only could reach so much. And because I'm not talking about foolishness, Edward, it only gets attention. But if I was talking about regular stuff, like things that people could get and learn out of it, and probably use, it doesn't get looked at. And I've noticed firsthand that, and I always think that where people's mindset out. And maybe, you know, and I look at myself say, it's usually the crowd I have ready. That might be term factor because usually um, whoever's on here, they gravitate and those who are not, you know, they don't. But at the end of the day, I always, it comes down to most people that ask the question, what really you're here for? You're here just to get entertained, or you hear just the wild and misery and foolish. No, it's one or the other. Okay. Well, Amer, from a, from an from really a global standpoint, people are always going to be more interested. Well, I won't say a global standpoint. When it comes to America, the West, you know, we're always universally people going to be more interested in entertainment than they are in quote unquote self improvement. Or there'll be people that want a little bit of entertainment in their self-improvement, which I definitely understand that. Like, um, and and with black people in particular, we know if motherfuckers have a cold, we have a flu. So we're very big on escapism, entertainment. We use things like, you know, music, sex, anything, food, anything we could use to escape or give a dopamine effect to make us feel good, we're going to do. That's just baked in the cake. And um, and even if you look at specifically black men, you know, because of the matriarchal mindset that a lot of black men have and have been indoctrinated into, you know, they don't really be, if self improvement can't get them pussy, then they don't see no value in it. So would so, you say it's consumerism, Edward? Hyper consumerism, Edward? Huh? Hyper consumerism. I mean, that's one of it. Yeah, it's hyper. Yeah, hyper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, America is a hyper consumerist society, but black people are um, extremely hyper consumerism um, because I mean, how to sell the Negro prove that if, if you really want to break down the hyper consumerism, black men's problem is black men buy pussy even when they don't know they're buying pussy. 
you know, dudes, you know, to get access to black money, you have to get black male money. You got to get access to their brain through sex. So when you look at brands, if the brand is something a female females edify or um, gives them validation to a man adds value, then dudes are going to bring that brand, whether it's cars, clothes, whether it's rims, whether it's just nigga shit that people don't need. All that nigga shit is designed to bring them in their mind closer to sex based on validation and in, in, um, in other things. But a female okay. is different. The females basically pay for direct validation. But that's true for all women. This is why the makeup industry has to tell you you're ugly. This is why the um, brands and stuff. So it all comes down to the same baseline shit. Um, and when you understand that, you understand how to counteract that at least a little bit. I'll say that. Right on, Edward. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, man. I got more to say, but I don't want to go on and on and on. Edward would be on point. Edward would be on point. I'm not going to lie. Edward, are you a marketing genius? Are, are you a marketer, advertiser? <laughs> no, I'm a marketer. I'm not a marketing genius. I just, I, I have a lot of books. I know a lot, but I'm not at all a genius. Um, not yet, but I know people. I was watching mm-hmm. content, and you put me on game with scientific advertising and, and uh, cash advertising. And that was clutch, man. I got to give you credit, Edward. That, that helped me on my business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was a dude that, if you listen, shout out to Sub Zero three six three nine. he entered a dude, uh, interviewed a dude by the name of Teron. Teron, I was on, a, I had a privilege of being on Hangout with him. This dude doing a screen share with us, like, I would be showing you an Instagram page of somebody talking shit. He's doing a screen share page of his, like, uh, ads account, um, doing, like, $180,000 a month. Like, he's talking to us about sports and some shit, you know, just, like, very casual. And that was one book he kept on saying, Cash advertising in um, um, another book that's a good book that people don't talk about. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. And that's another book that a lot of heavy hitters, yeah, will talk about. And if you're very smart, you know, I always recommend you buy things, but I'm the type of person where I can show you where this stuff is for free. Because advertising, if you look for it on Google and you don't have to look that hard, you can find a PDF ebook, which is the full ebook for free. That and um, the other one that I was talking about too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, I got I got some ideas about stuff like that. Because real talk, man, the money is out here if you want to make it. Because one of the issues with black businesses is black businesses don't know how to market. They don't know how to market to their own people, and that's sad, but that's true. Right. So, and it, but it, that goes back into some form of finance down the line. That you know, you, unless you go to university to learn that, you're not going to learn that. You know, and wherever you you learn, unless you take a major. So that means a lot of people are way well, behind in time. Well, you know? ah, that's not true. Though, not true? Okay. I, I agree. I don't think that's true. Not true. Okay. I study data science, data science, data analytics. And I also have teams on Upwork that also helped me with that too. Because I gave, Edward told me about the, not directly, but on your content, Edward, a couple mm-hmm. of video, the videos with uh, Glenn and Cameron. He was talking about cash advertising, scientific advertising, if you can be able to remarket, uh, email collection, retargeting. Basically, he was getting into Glenn and Cameron is great. Glenn and Cameron is great overall. And he has strength. Like when it comes to his ability to create content, like quality content that delivers like 
real value. It has an intrinsic value when it yeah. comes to the look and actually the quality of the actual information, the actionableness of the information. He is extremely good. And he is a yeah. type of dude where what I would say is when it comes to boys, Watkins can learn so much from so him when it comes to crafting courses and stuff courses like that. No, I'm I'm dead serious. But, I, agree. I agree. But but Glennon and and I'm not trying to play Glenn Campbell, but when it comes to like things like um using like YouTube ads or Facebook ads or being able to generate viral information, um you know he I mean he he would he would admit that you know he's not like the A one guy on that. That's other guys, but he's the type of person if he has somebody that was like one of like let's say it, they don't got to be black, but like a marketer that knows that really knows what they're doing and is willing to invest in his stuff, like put some money out there. He's the type of person where if you put a little bit of money into his, imp- this is what I would say to Glendon. I would say as far as advice, I would say Glendon. His content is tailor made to do what like Ty, what Todd Lopez and them do, and they take like these thirty minute or forty minute videos, and then they put a little bit of um, advertising money behind the videos in order to like get them um, loaded on Facebook and stuff like that. Because when it comes to social media, social media it, traffic is cheaper when you're actually marketing to build reach on that particular platform. So when you're doing more brand awareness and you let your content speak for yourself as far as the actionableness of that content, like what's called was just talking about credit and stuff like that. Really, Glennon Cameron has the perfect content for that. He just doesn't you he tries to build his stuff organically, make it go viral. I would say, no, don't do that. That takes too long. Put a couple of hundred dollars behind a certain video that you know is good. And then get those followings that way. And his stuff, I, in my opinion, I think will blow up a lot faster. I agree. I co-sign that for real. Because yeah. a lot of dudes is just taking advantage. Like Cardone, Grant Cardone. Only thing he does is uh, do Google ads on his black card. And he get 100 million people reached on YouTube. And retarget them six, seven times throughout the day. Now, go ahead, Randy Wong. What were you going to say? So I was just saying that I co-sign everything that you said because Glendon Cameron's, his, um, his content and his actionable strategies, they actually do work. And, um, and he's very solid and he's consistent. And he can actually walk you through. To, to pull, and he doesn't have a problem hiring people either. And not at all. So if you can do that, you know, you might as well go ahead and put a few extra hundred, you know, to get out there and, and make things go viral because you can. Yeah, because he's got the money to experiment with that. Exactly. Uh, no, I just wanted you to finish your point. Oh, no, I was done, dear. Erica Shanta Williams is another one that's like that, too. Where Erica's stuff, Erica's built her stuff over time. I remember her stuff when her stuff was like really um five thousand subscribers. So she's built it up to thirty thousand. Erica has stuff. I've told her. I've told her. Told her. Told her this. But if you go in her videos, she has these videos that she was doing that they're like a minute long, which is not going to do anything on today's platform. It's the type of videos that they will work well on like Instagram because it's only so long the videos can be. Um, but she has these whiteboard videos that are very, very simple. And I always tell people, I would more recommend people go to Erica before Glennon because if you're somebody that you don't know anything about, let's say you're just a typical, 
not saying if this is typical for black people, but if you're a black person and it's like, look, I know I need to get my financial shit together, my credit's fucked up, blah, 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 but I'm not trying to spend a lot of money. I'm just trying to more do some research right now so I have a better understanding as to where I need to put my money to get my shit together. Erica would be the person I would send them to because Erica is like like rich dad, poor dad for black people. Now, she deals with all people. She deals with white people and stuff like that too, but her stuff has a message to where black people can resonate and Erica's videos, she has these like one minute videos of these whiteboard videos where she'll take certain concepts and she is very effective at communicating that concept um, in like literally a minute and 20 seconds. And those are also videos that are very tailor made that to if you put some money behind them as far as like uh, um, like in, like like Instagram or really I would say YouTube imprinting. She has the kind of vibe where a lot of um People, she doesn't have a vibe that's like intimidating for people, you know, but she's very knowledgeable. So people that, that know, like, and trust factor can be built very quickly with her, which can lead to her because she does a credit repair business, too. But I would even I wouldn't even tell her to do that because that call, that takes time. I would say create a course and then do and then use that to sell the course and, or a Facebook group that people are paying month to month for. Anyway, go ahead. Um. Damn, what was I saying? I was saying, um, it'll come back to me. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and one thing I'll bring to this conversation, too, that a lot of people don't pay attention to is, um, and I'm going to just say this, people, business, there is degrees to business. There's industrial business, which takes a lot of aggregated money or a lot of upfront investment. There is brick and mortar business which is is die it's not dead yet there's still ways you could do that like mom it takes a lot stores like mom pop stores is brick and mortar yeah yeah i would argue that mama pop stores are coming back because the problem because the big retail is failing because people it's just too much overhead versus a mom and pop store now has the additional advantage of being social media centric like i'll give you an example there is a place called the storage um store which it's like everything that when it has to do organizing and storage stuff from it's a big store too it's 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 kind of like a um like a bet like a um a best best buy it's a it's a retail building but they don't have like a lot of locations they only have like really three or four and they have all of this everything you can name that has to do with like it's mainly for white people with storage they have it like even industrial grade like hangers and stuff like that as far as stuff like it's very good and the advantage that they have is they get they make sure they collect people's information like emails and stuff and they will give them deals on that so because their stuff is a little bit expensive there are things that when they put a deal out people will come now if you take that with you know what fuck that let me let me scratch that with another better example so you have these small sh these shoe stores you know with people are trading shoes selling shoes these kind of buy here pay here they can sell yeah. high value shoes at like 300 400 dollars because they can buy them from the nike store and they have so those are starting to spring up because now those people can have an instagram account they can have an email address to where they know they have people that if they do a certain deal at the right price if they're trying to get rid of inventory or do something like that or they have a particular shoot is not known they can use the power of the internet as well as their own brick and mortar. When you look at restaurants now, when you look at DoorDash, um, you look at Uber Eats, you look at even the local places because everything isn't necessarily that because that app platform can actually be duplicated with a local thing. So certain like colleges, like I'm in 
the Raleigh area. So you have UNC. They, before DoorDash and Uber Eats came to their location, they had their own, like, inter, you know, university shit that they was doing between all of the mom and pops that were there because it's a really kind of small town that wrapped around university. These people now don't. They can take the production of their food, and rather than people have to come in, they can ship it out. See, in North Carolina, delivery isn't a big thing. Most pizza places outside of major chains didn't have it. So when that came out here, now you can get Chinese food delivered, McDonald's delivered. So now you can actually do more numbers that minimizes the overhead for the mom-and-pop store. So I actually say that mom-and-pop stores are actually coming back. Another thing, and I'm going to be done after I say this, is because warehouses are getting smarter due to automation, that part of the supply chain is getting less and less overhead. So now products are costing less, and you don't have to have as much overhead on stock as you used to because it can be smarter. So stores are being more smart as far as how they distribute that. The problem is the big overstretched national retail chains, they just have so much overhead that they can't collapse that overhead fast enough. And that's why your Toys R Us's are getting fucked. That's why your Sears's are getting fucked. Because they just had old school stuff that they just can't make up for anyway. You know, it's interesting you mentioned about these other retail stores that went, and Toys R Us just went out of business. Of, I think the end of 2018, I might be wrong. And I look at... Yeah, late last year. Yeah, how, how... I'm not sure if it's a market issue or because the automation and people buying face online might have killed it. But I look at with all these old retail stores, I, this is my opinion, you could probably correct me, Edward, because you're more expert in this. That they're not up on the times, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm hell not. no. Yeah. So, because of their um, not keeping up they, they eventually just go out of business. And, you know, the, the system, especially this country or policy, will not save a lot of these corporations. They'll save some, but not save all of them. They'll save banks because banks, because corporations always grow. It's the banks. that are, Banks are like the spinal cord versus corporations are like more. I mean, you could say they're the muscle, but if you take any kind of damage to your spine, that's fucking up the whole body. Certain muscles can be repaired. Um, uh, one of my favorite examples is Blockbuster, the story of Blockbuster, because the <laughs> funny thing about Blockbuster um, is Blockbuster, when you people forget Netflix got started. When do you, do you know when Netflix started? I think it was the in the 90s. 90s? Oh, yes, 1999. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's when Netflix. Okay. Yep, and Netflix got started basically um Netflix got started basically um doing um di the distribution. They just did the thing in the mail. Um in the mail, you know, the CDs in the mail and shit, just like how Gamefly still does it now. And it was Netflix versus Best Buy because I'm be um, not Best Buy, Netflix versus Redbox because Redbox did the vending machine shit. So it was like which distribution was gonna win the vending machine things and or the um or the damn um you know doing it through the mail. And meanwhile, Blockbuster saw this shit, saw the concept, but wasn't nothing that was patented, and they didn't even choose to either buy these companies or invest in that. And then Netflix switched more around to the streaming side, and they did it really early. 
They did it kind of like, because then you got YouTube that was bought out by Google in 2005. People forget YouTube used to be a dating site. That was the original concept. And then they quickly realized people were not using these videos for dating. They were using it for cats and shit. And they said, okay, we could do something with this. Then a couple of years, then maybe like another, uh, that's right when Netflix started to say, okay, we're going to do streaming maybe a couple of years later. But you got to remember the cell phones weren't there yet. Mobile wasn't there yet. It was just desktops. Plus all that shit was more expensive. So then everybody thought Netflix, it just ran away and went to another market. Because they still, even to this day, Netflix still has their DVD business. If you go up there, go up to the link at the top. Um, and they said, okay, Redbox is probably going to win. And keep in mind, fucking Blockbuster is seeing all this shit and seeing it develop. They had to have known the technology, where the technology was going to go. Because Blockbuster yeah. was a distribution hub. And they had all these stores, all this overhead, all this bullshit. Now, here's the thing. Long story short, Blockbuster at the end tried to do Blockbuster branded Redbox machines. What they should have did was said, we're going to buy Redbox, take them out the business. They could have went two ways. They could either did the Red Blockbuster machines and competed with them and knocked them out. They should have just broke bread, paid them off, and bought Redbox and did Blockbuster branding so they had no competition. And Blockbuster would still exist to this day, having a combination of maybe fewer stores, but mainly operating out of um, the red box model and just minimizing, minimizing stores until they only had a couple of few uh, in certain areas where it made sense to have that, you know, in bigger, more populated areas. But they did that at the end where it's too late. What a lot of people don't know how Redbox did it. Redbox did not take a whole bunch of money. This is, this is probably the most important part of what I'm about to say. Redbox did not build their business off of just a whole bunch of corporate money. They sold people, because I have a, um, a second cousin that did this. You had the opportunity to buy a Redbox machine, and then Redbox would do all the work. But if you put that investment in a Redbox machine, you would make money off every sale that happened on that Redbox. So that's how Redbox got people to just, invest just like, in their... Um, what it called? An ATM machine. Yes, that's how people originally, that's how Redbox did it. So they didn't put up their own money. Then what Redbox did is later on, they gave people a lump sum. So when they saw, because they could see the analytics of certain machines and how they were working, if they had certain people that had certain machines, they said, look, we'll pay for, we'll buy your machines, we'll give you a lump sum and pay you out, and then take over the machines. And that, you know how people are, they gave them enough a number to where people cashed out. And some people cashed out to this day, some people still own those machines. Um, some of those machines, those but most of those people cashed out, so they only paid for machines that were profitable, and the ones that weren't profitable, they reserved, because if they didn't do enough business, Redbox reserved the right to shut those machines down, and they would still pay those people out, so they didn't get fucked, but they wouldn't keep on servicing those machines until they got to the point where Redboxes were everywhere. But anyway, Blockbuster could have saved their business, which is my point. But they chose to let these white boys that like to mine the fucking store. These white boys are giving these jobs mainly because they're white and they went to the right school. And they don't know how to innovate shit. And then it, it just happened. But they could have bought, they they bought out companies. They could have bought out a bunch of companies. They could have just bought out a bunch of companies. I don't know why they, they didn't uh, jump on Redbox, you know, Redbox you know and Gamefly. They should have bought those two. You know, my thing is because they were not... Because this is what happens when you've been on controlling a segment of market for decades. You feel somebody's like a come in and swoop up and take you out. Sears was like that. A you lot know what I think um, Go ahead. that messed up on um, Blockbuster, in my opinion. Because they kept that, they kept one building in Oregon. All these cities and all these places, they straight up kept this place in Oregon. They had on news that there's a little town in Oregon 
they, they would keep their bidding open for them. And I feel like they would kind of mess them up in sort of way for keeping that bidding in Oregon but closing the other bidding in all the other cities. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they kept stores that weren't performing, but the thing about it is their model, they had no way of doing business. I mean, Blockbuster should have I mean, took over the all the... Co- yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah, well, that's what... The Oregon thing was a special thing. I don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oregon was like a special thing because it was like the last store. It was something stupid. But at the end of the day, if they would have bought... if Blockbuster could have bought Netflix. Yeah. They, which, 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 which had, which, they could, Blockbuster could have took control of pretty much every aspect of distribution. So, think about it. The Redbox shit was the vending machine distribution, which technically, till this day, is cheaper to go get something in Redbox than it is to stream some shit. So, oh, that's yeah. why people still do it. So, and, as long as streaming is more expensive, Redbox will still be in business, which it's going to be because they'll charge Because really, with the streaming, you pay for convenience. So, when you stream from your cable provider, you stream from like Google Play or uh, the App Store, they still charge you for convenience because they're getting that profit margin. But people are still going to always say, okay, I'm not going to get these damn things at uh, fucking Redbox. So, that's the on the ground thing. Then you got the um, 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 the, the, the over the mail shit, which even though it's not as prominent, it's still exists and then you got the netflix thing which is more of a month-to-month streaming kind of package which is different than like netflix paying for certain shit if netflix was smart and 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 they were smart what netflix would do is for certain like for instance they should take a movie like gemini um gemini man with will smith Mm-hmm. And they should say, okay, we're going to launch Gemini Man and Will Smith, and we're going to leave it in there for like a month, maybe like six weeks. Maybe cut the time in half to what they were overall leave, leaving in for, because really the first three or four weeks where you're going to get the majority of your money if you're going to be in the local markets. And then what they should do is then they should say, we're going to quickly, exclusively put this on Netflix and then, or I'll say this, we're going to put it on Netflix at a discounted rate to where you still got to do like maybe a 99 cent pay gate, you know, maybe a, not a whole pay gate, but something cheaper than, it'd be like Redbox prices, right? A 99 cent pay gate and, um, for your renting it. And that way you make it so you can only get the movie on Netflix. You can't really get it on other uh, partners unless they have good deals with other brand partners. And that way they are recouping the money for that brand. You see what I'm saying? So um, that way they're controlling how much they're getting the money for the distribution. And it would make sense as far as how much they cost. Anyway, the point being, Blockbuster could have did all this shit. Just like when Facebook bought Instagram. Facebook bought Instagram because they knew that's where the younger kids were. And that gave them access to another side of the distribution. You know, now they're starting to change Facebook around to where they're starting to make it so it's harder to do a lot of the underground Facebook tactics. Um you know, Microsoft bought LinkedIn, you know, to where now LinkedIn is a growing thing when it comes to businesses and stuff like that. So, again, they're buying, like, segments of the thing. What Block- Blockbuster fucked up is Blockbuster, they just didn't see what was, and it was obvious. That's my point. Stuff was obvious. When, when the first, when they heard of the concept of the fucking iPhone, the iPhone came out in 2008. They knew of the iPhone a couple of years later because you had the iPod Touch. So you can't say you didn't know. So you it was just a matter of making the bitch make calls. So you knew the future. It was in your fucking face. You knew the Blackberries. You knew where this shit was going. So it wasn't like you did not know. Blockbuster probably, they would have got into that business. It became too late after, I would say, 2011, 2012. 
when it became too late. But yeah, really, it, 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 yeah, business twenty eleven. If we, if I can Google right now, I think it was eight years oh. out of business. Wasn't Australia the last? Well, like, okay, yeah, when it was like the real beginning of the end. Okay, because um, think about, think about, it, we're now approaching over now close to eighteen years since the internet was well known, and you know because the technology was not improved, it got to almost its height in the twenty ten era. That's when things started to accelerate with the downloads, all that. I'm saying, remember the first online purchase was back in t- 2005. And since then, they went <clears throat> on to that. You know? Yeah. I mean, think of Walmart and Amazon. Like, Walmart has uh, so much money. Walmart could throw as much money as they need to to develop a platform. So what Walmart can't duplicate from Amazon, a lot of people have asked, why don't why does a Walmart just copy Amazon's internet model? It's one reason. Walmart doesn't have the patents for the automation. Walmart doesn't have that. That's what really makes Amazon work as far as the automation when it comes to how they're able to get certain things in certain places when it comes to their stores. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're like factory locations. People forget about that. So Walmart doesn't really have access to that proprietary technology. So it's not just a matter of them throwing up a website and then people doing what they're doing. It's that automation that moves things to certain things that then moves into the distribution. This is why Amazon is looking to buy it. Is looking to be like um, FedEx and UPS, and in certain airports, actually be their own airport service because that's another part of the business. They're trying to be vertically integrated so they can even get more and more money. This is why Bezos keeps getting worth over like he's a, he was at like 115 billion before that divorce took like 36. That bitch took 36 billion dollars from him. Then the bitch it. gonna give away half of it. Actually, she took, I think it's like 50 billion. I thought it was no, she got she ended up they ended up dead dealing out for thirty. Yeah, yeah, and then he got her down. He got her down. Yeah, she she wanted to give him back completely. I'm like, no, oh, but like you know, break it up because you know, cause think about it. if you get a billion dollars, you're set for life forever. You know what I'm saying? Or it depends on high millions. So for for her to get like almost half, and I know brothers, and I'm not sure if you caught this in the previous... Um, well, he's worth 115, so I would say she got like 35%. She got like 30%. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, it could be worse. It could have been worse. It, it, it could have been worse. worse. I mean, I heard and, and me and another um brother was we're going back at it on another channel about this, and, you know, I my, my opinions were viewed differently, but I'm not good. But I'll say this. At the end of the day, depending what she contributes during this him in this marriage, maybe it's worth it, but she probably no, money. Not. I don't I don't know, but at the end of the day, you know, it is once done, so he'll make that up. You know. No, no, I admit he will because because remember, that's what he's worth now. You know, that's his his network is still going up. So if he would imagine if Jeff Bezos would have got rid of her ass like Five, seven, five, five, ten, years, ten ago. years ago, she yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't have left because she would have saw where stuff was going. But maybe like four or five years, like four years ago, because Bezos would have been like really at what, 50 or 60 at that point. because He was still the, uh, the richest. So that's what people don't realize. It's better to cut him off early. Look at Michael Jordan. Look at what Michael Jordan didn't have none of the money he had when he broke up with his wife compared to what he has now. So a lot of times it's better to do it early. Trump learned that. A lot of these dudes understand that it's better if you see that it could potentially go bad for you to cash them out earlier because and just take that hit. Like a lot of people talk about Kevin Garnett and they look at the hundred thousand dollar shit. I'm like, when you think about it, a hundred thousand dollars is one point two million a year, which is six million over a course of five years, which is what alimony lasts. At the end of the day, that's not that bad considering how much money he made. And with total. Kids. 
and mind you, yeah. if, if he has other investments, and this is my thing, because they never told him. He, he, he should just write her a fucking check for $6 million and say, bitch, get the fuck away from me. No, no, but, but his lawyer he, robbed him for $77 million. Wait, 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 let me say this. And I've been, I've been hearing about this thing with the with the Kevin Garrett situation now. If he made some arrangements, which most people not smart with, you know, their obligation with this woman that they decide to marry, it'd be easier nowadays to say if it's prenup, yeah, you could do that. But like I said, they should learn from these other cats. Like Michael Jordan, with him and his wife, they've been together for like, I think over 20 years. It made sense he, he wrote the check because and let's say she started delving into the, his finance. She would get a lot more. So if she offers something and wanted some, obviously him and his people, and he'd make a real decisive decision say, all right, write this check. That's fine because what I'm going to do down the line, I'm not going to get that back, but I'm going to make more. But like I said, every experience... A lot of men see with marriage, they got say you have to work it out in your favor. You can't just sit to go in there just for love. You got to make sure you don't and, get taken. And Especially what wealthy men do, and what wealthy men do too, is wealthy men get the kids on their side too. Because if you're getting that kind of money, that's like like okay, when you look at like Bezos's money, look at how much money um the Walmart, the Walton kids, the Walton people have. Did they have? They have like. They they could be on. See, this is what a lot of people don't tell you about that damn Forbes list. That Forbes list does not include families. There's a lot of money that is not in here in um how cased in individuals, but in case in family lineages. And also, a lot of people um tell you to not tell people not to put them on that list. There's a lot of di- family dynasties that are not on that list, like the Eminem dynasty, the Mars dynasty, um even the Sears hmm, Tower. Right. There's a lot like there's like it's it's only like I'd say. 15%. I wouldn't even actually, I'd say it's less than 10% of, of wealth in there because it's not talking about the family wealth is distributed by a smaller group of people. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's what people don't know. The Getty family's not. Getty is not. Yeah, it's a lot of family. Craft folks, it's a lot of people. A lot of people are not on there. And, and another thing is that's important. And they underestimate their wealth too because the Rockefellers, they underestimate their wealth. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, a lot of people do. And the reasons why um, uh, the reasons why I even mentioned that is because the one like I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And, and and if I if I get married, you know, I love my wife. I'm not going to plan for like stuff to fail. But at the same time, I'm going to make it very clear that the kids, if, if a woman's taking half, th- that means when, if I die that month, the other half is going to be distributed by the kids. So is it really should one person really should one person really get half? And what a lot of white dudes will do from a patriarchy standpoint is they will turn, they will make sure the kids kind of look at the wife with a certain side eye. Look look at Trump. Trump's got three wives. Are you really three ex-wives? Are you telling me each one of them should have got half of what he said? That would have been less for Ivanka. That would have been less for Trump Jr. That would have been less for, you know, um, what a Baron. And the kids will turn on the women for that. See, it's not matriarchal ran like in the black community. They they will say, no, but you ain't you ain't that shit that they tried to say where well, I deserve half because I was there. The kids are gonna be like, Well, bitch, I was there too. What are you Facts. talking about? Facts. I agree. I agree. You know, that kind of like what Bill Gates um, kind of did. Like, cause I know, like, Bill Gates, like, when he died, like, his kids not going to get any money unless they kind of, like, had, like, similar riches as him or something like that. Like, he say that shit. No, he said that shit. But when he died, they're going to get something. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, um... $92 billion. Like, dollars think about what differently. It's like this. One or two things going to happen. 
either they're going to sit there and put a will for the children, and they're going to be selected who gets it. And if they don't abide by their wishes, they're not going to get that money if that, that, that man takes a dirt nap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to tell you how Bill Gates is kind of full of shit. What Bill Gates is going to do, which is a lot of what these live white folks do, is he's going to put, he's, he's going to, he's telling the truth about him putting his shit into like um, a foundation. Or stuff like that, because what he'll do is probably put, he'll probably give a lot of his money away because that's already what they're doing. They're giving money away, but eventually if he dies he'll probably put that money into some kind of foundation or will or trust and what, like, found or like a foundation, and what's gonna happen is, that's gonna be something, his his um his kids will be the executors and shit like that, so they're always gonna have money to tap into, it's just gonna guarantee they continue what they're doing as far as what their gate, Melinda, they already got it, it's called Melinda Gates Foundation, and his kids will probably be one of the background controllers of that, so you may have a CEO and stuff like that, but they'll be the ones dealing with that and at the end of the day once you got that kind of money it doesn't matter so they can always pull that money because here's the thing even if they're the background controllers of that foundation banks are going to give them whatever they want because they know they're good for it because of that foundation so so it's kind of like having capital and stuff like that so so i get what he's saying he's not going to directly give it to him but there's going to be things he indirectly does that's when you just got to understand how background money moves and shit like that Exactly, exactly. Because David Stewart, he's another black billionaire, and Patrice Mosep from South Africa, they both uh, said that they're ha- they have uh, you know family trust for that uh, same type of uh, reason, as you just said, be able to have uh, cash value life insurance where they can be able to borrow against uh, large sums of money, high interest uh, bearing accounts where the interest rate is you know two point five six percent, two point. Uh, five two percent a year gaining interest you know because they play the game with shell games they know how to play shell games corporate tactics corporate structuring all that stuff yeah so what do you think if we're going to talk about that so what you know people always have these back and forth conversations as far as you know should you go overseas should you invest in Africa? And one of my issues with those conversations is it always come it comes off like a fucking infomercial. Like it's it, it nobody wants to tell you, okay, this is the good, this is the bad. Well, this is the risk, this is the this is the reward, but this is the risk. And then depending on where you are, you make a decision and really map out what that could look like. You know, as far as where black people are and where black people could be. And it always distills into this bullshit. We don't take care of home. Why and these are motherfuckers that don't even really give a fuck about taking. What I find funny is the motherfuckers that never talk about taking care of home are the motherfuckers that always want to talk about taking care of home when it's con- when somebody's talking about investing in Africa. So they're disingenuous on that end. But on the other end, people like Dinus and I respect Dinus, but they're always selling a fucking infomercial, and they'll have these Africans on here, and they'll come here and they'll just. It, it, and a lot of that has to do with just understanding American tact. But it's like they're selling something. This is only good, and there's no potential for bad. I mean, that's what I hear, and it's like, come on, man. Give me the good, bad, ugly, because I technically believe in it. So what do y'all think about that as far as opening up markets for, like, black people that's in position to do that to take advantage of it? Man, to me, like, Sprite and McDonald's, like a prime example of that, because, you know, you see a Sprite commercial. They be trying to advertise the black people and stuff like that, man. It's crazy. Same thing with McDonald's, man. I've seen some McDonald's commercials on CW and stuff. 
Like they go straight up advertising to black folks. They be having their hip hip hop songs and stuff like that on there. Like I'd be like, what kind of crap is this? You know, he, 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 you know, it's all over. You know what I'm saying? Seeing all these. Yeah, people. a lot of. No, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, I've been I've been to different countries. I've been in the Philippines and stuff, and it's a great experience. I mean, you see, like, 7-Elevens. You see stuff where you think companies fail, and you be like, no, they just went overseas. I mean, one, like, like in North Carolina, you know, one of the most famous companies in North Carolina base is um, Krispy Kreme. And um, in the Philippines in particular, Krispy Kreme is like Starbucks. Like, they have Starbucks there, and it's big, and they have this other place called Coffee Bean. But Krispy Kreme competes with Starbucks, and it's crazy because it, where I'm at in the Triangle area, uh, which is where the universities are, they don't have, they only have a couple of Krispy Kremes. There's only like three in Raleigh, there's like one in Durham, yeah, there's one in Durham, and I don't even think there's one in Chapel Hill. So there's one by Duke, like three in Raleigh. And then that's it. So that's it in the Triangle area. And 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 uh, Krispy Kreme is Winston Salem, where Workforce University is. Chris Paul comes out of. So that's more about like an hour from Charlotte. My point though is in North Carolina. I mean, in the Philippines and Manila, they have Krispy Kremes everywhere. Like they have the bigger ones, the smaller ones, just like Starbucks. And it's like, and so they. It's like, how the fuck is this like this? And when you go in there, it's they got. Crazy, everything you would think Krispy Kreme is as far as the different kind of donuts and all of that, the crazy kind of donuts, they have. Yeah. And even the Filipinos have said they got family out here and they don't see Krispy Kreme like that and they don't understand why. Now, the way Krispy Kreme is distributed in North Carolina is through the grocery stores mainly. So it's just a different distribution. So they don't, again, they're smart. They don't do the overhead, right, of having all these stores but they do it through the gas stations and through the thing, but that's not as, you know, sexy, so to speak, because you can, because they sell Wi-Fi in the Philippines, they do it like internet cafes that are posh, they do that with um, Starbucks too, because see, in, in the Philippines, you have to pay for the internet, you have to buy a card, and you pay for the time, they don't just give you the Wi-Fi for free, wow. so, yeah, and I was, because uh, really, with the markets globally, if I think black people seriously want to be able to go to Africa, I think they need to understand negotiating, have an international broker to give them the, you know, the proper steps. Cause that's another thing. A lot of these dudes with these infomercials don't talk about like Phil, the show, he makes it seem like Africa is a super utopia, uh, filled with nothing but endless opportunities. And I'm thinking time ahead, you better understand negotiating. You better know the poli pay a politician get affiliated with a politician, something, a higher power business person. It, absolutely. And, and, and again, you don't, I, I hate this trying to gain black folks. I'm about telling you what the truth is and, and, and addressing the challenges and meeting the challenges. Like I dibble, I dibble dabble in a lot of network marketing stuff. And if you deal with, if you sell the dream to people, Yes, you can sell the dream, but if you don't have answers for concerns, and I'm um and, and and there's something to be said about sifting and sorting people. But if you just try to preach your way out of it, people already have a certain preconceived notion to this shit, and they're already gonna make some assumptions. Like even though technically you could lose your shirt in real estate too, real estate just doesn't have the stigma to it. And the thing about Africa, it's a lot of not knowing. So you have to educate people. You do not educate people by just telling them the good. That's what these Africans are doing because they don't really know no better because they're looking from their – some of that is their perspective, right? 
because they're making assumptions about how much money black people have and a lot of other stuff. Because I'll give you a perfect example. Electronics. People do not understand how cheap electronics is in the United States of America. Electronics is high as fuck overseas because they tear up the shit out of them. They, yes. they, number, number one, it's harder to, they're harder to get, so they're more expensive. But Kong. they tear up the fuck out of them. South, South America's the worst. Especially South America. Go ahead. Especially in Hong Kong, because Hong Kong, I remember uh, one of my homies that was in the military said that an iPhone X costed two times the U.S. retail price for him. Asia is a little bit better because Asia has their own technology. So you got to remember, you're not going to pay tariffs for like, you know, Sony shit. You know what I'm saying? And the way Asia yeah. does it is they don't they don't have distribution stores. This like Best Buy and stuff. They do have it, but they don't use it. They have like a Sony store, a Samsung store. So Samsung is Korean. So depending on what country you're in, you're going to benefit better. But I've. Brazil gonna get that ass whooping when it comes to it. Yeah, plus they have a very, very strong used technology market. You have a lot of people that are skilled in selling these products used and actually keeping these products good. Like you can go to a swap meet, you can go to like a digital swap meet or a section of a swap meet that it's nothing but tablets. Just oh, I hate to say tablets as far as the eye can see, but it gives you it's like nothing but tablets laid face down. The cost to get screens fixed and stuff like, and this is how a majority of these agents get this stuff because the main way they do their cell phone stuff is just prepaid. They pay for the hours and stuff like that. So they have their own built-in markets because they're the principal manufacturers. But like you said, South America does not have that. So South America, for the most part, just has natural resources, unprocessed resources, Brazil included, oil and stuff like that. They don't have like man So they got to bring everything in. So they get their ass beat. You're you absolutely right. So it's, so if you, you got to bring your own shit when you go into Latin America. So although people talk about the cost of living with these places are inexpensive, when mm-hmm. you bring the electronics, you almost have to bring them in. From, and then you almost got to bring them in from the United States. And even then, you know, they'll kind of limit your ability to do that a little bit. They'll, they'll, they'll be pretty good with it, but they're not going to let you bring so much shit in. It's like you're you're in, you're exporting, you know, um, shit, because then you got to pay those tariffs and stuff. So they make sure that what you're bringing in, you're bringing in in amounts that wouldn't allow you to kind of sustain a business with it. Yeah, because uh, uh, a lot of uh, countries is just taking an ass whooping when it comes to uh, electronics. Because people say that Africa, oh, Africa has an untapped market when it comes to electronics. But I'm thinking they do. Don't Chinese and Russians basically did a tag team on on Africa? Basically, a lot of that's what Phil Phil the advisor failed to talk about about the Chinese Russian uh, super connection. That's when the super click. Then came in as a big conglomerate. Yeah, because you got they got a lot of people. You got the Indians. The Indians were in there before the Chinese. You got the Lebanese. You know, so you got a lot of people. So there's certain things that Phil says that I respect. You know, but Phil is not the person I would talk to. I, I would take. I would talk to Guidance more because he's there. Phil is the type of person. He's the news to where he's, he's he's a so-called um black um news anchor. Well, I like Phil, and, and what I would tell oh, Phil well, is this. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, what I'm saying is, well, I would focus more. This is what, in my, this is my opinion. Like, this is what Phil should do because Phil is a, Phil does have a platform that if you do it the right way, he platform. could be a very yeah. And I got respect for him for building that platform. But this is what I would say, Phil, and he's already kind of doing this with O'Shea. 
Phil should, there's a whole bunch of subscribers and people that have access to internet cafes and these Nokia phones, because Nokia is like the biggest stuff that's really in the African market, that he can really build a lot of distribution as far as like messaging. That's what the money is for him. And if he wants to do other investments, he could do it because there's people like Ghana Dan and stuff like that. But as far as educate, you really got to, first of all, you need to educate black people on these countries. Some of the best channels for that is From Nothing which is an 8,000 subscriber channel, is a great channel, and then Home Team History. And then... Yeah, yeah, from nothing. Type in from... If any of y'all type in from nothing on Google, um, not Google, um, YouTube, it'll come up. It's 8,000. It's very good dude, black dude, doing African history, very good stuff. It, the shit, if you homeschool your kid, that's how good the stuff is. And then home team history is like technically bad. I like Hidden Colors, but it's better than Hidden Colors. If Hidden Colors had like a TV series that was an amplified TV series, it would be this shit. And it tells the whole truth. Um, for those of y'all that may be on that, you know, African sold us into slavery. He's even got a video talking about the top tribes that were um, involved in selling people into slavery. I mean, this Ados dude, dude tells it, but he, he gives you the full shit. And for people that don't like to read but want to be educated, nobody better. Plus, he has a Patreon, and he's got eighty thousand subscribers. So, and talk about eighty African um, stuff. So, I, I found him because he was doing a thing about Black Panther, and he was talking about like the legitimate African stuff behind Black Panther, like that scene with Killmonger and the Ghana mask and stuff. And he was doing like where that comes from. What Killmonger was talking about with the Europeans and stuff like that, and he did like five things in that movie because he even goes in to talk about the scarring and where that comes from that Killmonger was doing, and that's how I found him. And in his videos, you'll just go through it because the delivery of it, it's a great thing. I can't say enough about it. Anyway, um, the point though is, the African point though is that go go ahead. No, I'm trying to type up find it. African history. Yeah, yeah, it's home team history. Just type in home team history. It, it says as a, a symbol F and N with some funny. Is that the one? Um. Yeah, it should be. Let me see. It has fifteen thousand subscribers. No, nah, it's more than that. Okay. It'll it'll be eighty. Hold on, let me see. I'm I'm typing into my YouTube my stuff. Yeah, they're going to drop that chapter. Yeah, so it's home team history and it has one hundred and forty five thousand subscribers. So type in home team space history. Uh-huh. And then the other one is from nothing. Because oh, I feel from, like, and then that one has fifteen. Nothing. That one has fifteen thousand. So you're oh, right that, with that, that one. That's what I want from nothing. Okay. Yeah, and it's FN, and that has sixty videos versus Home Team History has one hundred fifty-five, and he has a lot of content on Patreon. But everything is fire. It's 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 some shit that it will educate you, and it's very. It's not like in no selling you shit. It says what it is. It's very good. I can't say enough about it. Um, um, kudos to that brother. But as far as, okay, as far as the vision that I see when it comes to Africa, the way I look at Africa, this is why I keep telling people, when you look at us, we're in the black diaspora. African Americans should look, and we have to look to have our economy as independent and self-contained as possible. There's only going to be so much that's going to happen. I'm not on this black nationalism shit. That's not what I'm talking about. Exactly. So, so we st- so we still have to operate within the American economy, but there are things we can do. We can be better about buying black. I'm not saying everything you got to buy has to be black. Oh yeah. So, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think m- more black people need to be strategic when it comes to the sales process of selling to black people. Because most of my sales 
is like dealing with hair weave, but I'm not face to face. It's not open air. It's online. But I was thinking about like how you said earlier how re how small uh pop mom and pops is basically integrating the online offline sales connection sales process and basically um, basically having their own uh, business uh, operation laid out. I think uh, black people should focus on you know crafting a sales process and understanding how to be able to uh, get a call to action and you know be able to convert a sale because. Black people need to focus on themselves and need to focus on American Blacks instead of helping Africans, saving Africans, or going back to Africa and getting their money taken. Because I don't trust the African countries with my money. I believe that they're basically being, you know, greedy and just take the money. Like, uh, I think yeah. Isabella Santos, Isabella Santos uh, from, I think, Algeria, she's very greedy. She's very Americanized, too. Yeah, so the core the core thing I would say I would say to African Americans, in my opinion, is the goal when people bring in saving Africa and all of that, that's not something I'm talking about. The goal and, and, and it, people need to make it clear that that's not what they're talking about. Our goal is to expand our goal is to even though I'm not on a black nationalism thing, we still yeah. need to look at our economic our economy as an as an economy. Just like how Chinese like Indians will look at their economics. What, even though they're feeding into it with jobs and stuff like that, just like how you can segment your economics. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Let's segment black men, like black women. When you look at how black a black the black female economy operates, what feeds into it, which is the collective of black women, they interface with the economy at a couple levels. The corporate level, which is they, they're able to get jobs so they can operate like a double minority, and they're not as a threat in the corporations like black men are. So they get a lot of these pincer pushing jobs. This is what BGS is talking about when it comes to automation and stuff like that. You've got public sector work that they interface with, school buses, you know, social workers. These are the good jobs to the quote-unquote good benefits, DMV, all of that. Black women um, are 10% represent. 10% of, the, um, of those jobs, which are three times their um, representation. Then you've got, obviously, the welfare state, which if you put an economic value on that, um, you're looking at, um, you know, Section 8, which is not as much as it used to be, but Section 8, which is what you would otherwise be paying rent. You know, you're looking, I mean, I wouldn't I take food stamps off of it. Just look at the Section 8 part, then look at the earned income tax credit part which is money that's gained via if you are working, you're getting a lot of that back. So that's a subsidization, right? Um, and then when you look at what happens with that money, when you feed into the hair care industry and other things that black women buy, which is hair, nails, whatever, or whatever they do. I'm not, I just ain't playing black women, just me talking about, because that's money they pull from, right? Um, to get that. When you you don't even get me started on the underground economy when it comes to um, doing hair and stuff like that. So, then you've got the black female consultant. So all these things feed into each other. If you look at black men, the majority of black men, um, they, they pull their money from the blue collar trades. Now, we could be doing better at that, but that is where the majority of black male wealth comes from. That and then um, you have a certain propensity for entrepreneurship, which is not enough. To, um, and then you have obviously black men in corporate America. But the core central part where black black male money comes from is still the blue collar trades, trucking, general um, labor, construction, you know, that sort of shit. Um, because we have more money than our women and we make more money than our women individually and as a group that comes from somewhere. 
So, uh, plus we don't have as much debt because we're not in school like the women are. So we're not creating that same negative effect. What fucks us up is the jail shit. 10% of our population is always in jail or prison. And that fucks up that overall number. Also, you have to understand that 30% of black men make $50,000 or more. 3% make $100,000 or more. Most of these areas where black men are making $50,000 or more in areas that their um, their income is highly diluted by cost of living. New York, L.A., whatever, Chicago, Atlanta, versus like I'm in North Carolina, 50000 can go a long way. Being in New York, it's not. So you have to account for that. So this this is how. And so you have. So my point to all of that shit is when you look at the, look at that. The question is, if you are black women, if you are no, if you are black people, if you're black men, what are some of the things that you can go overseas industrially that you can sell overseas to bring back to the United States as far as wealth? to enhance the United States economic system. So putting people to work with jobs from a manufacturing standpoint, really it's harder to do that because their economies aren't developed like that. But so where our money comes into play is skills. If you're a black man that you have a skill, plumbing, electrical, stuff like that, a lot of the white boys, what they would do is they would take those skills and use them in contractor jobs in um, in Iraq or in high high dangerous areas to where they would get paid more. And I've seen black people do this, too. So they would take those same skills and go overseas with them. And that's just something that's, that's not talked about. So that's how you do it. And that's one way you could do it in Africa. Um, as far as farming and food, like with black farmers and stuff, those are other markets and stuff that can be opened up with. But that's how we would have to look at it. We have to look at what can we do over there that's going to bring shit here. Um, the Hollywood and Hollywood situation is a good is actually a good situation because that can make the Hollywood movie market more global, more independent. I'm talking about the black version. Because over there in Nigeria, they got oil money that backs their shit, and they do a hell of a lot of productions. Versus in America, we have the market. So we can trade market access via Netflix, via whatever apps and streaming to the black market. Because the Black Panther proved how big the black American market is, based on how much we put into that movie. Versus they have the productions, and um, mm-hmm. you can keep the cost there and like i said they're backed by nigerian oil too which is money that can be moved through and we so the point is we have a lot of the technical stuff they have a lot of the technical stuff but we also have the market which is something they don't have to sell to so anyway you know um and i did drop the link for from nothing if anybody chat will check it out double check if this is the right one but where how you go about edward that's what i'm kind of thinking of how black people should move forward because we're now living in a global economy system right now. And I don't want people to say, you know, let's go somewhere else and then live. No, we should operate like every other nation. You have to move where you are. You know and I'm saying you have a base here. Most of us are Americans. We have passed all that stuff, citizen and all that stuff. And at times it's not a hard to do biz outside here, but you have to be able to connect, you know. And move from there, you know, because we do have the, the U.S. dollar and we have certain knowledge that we can make use that could not only better ourselves, but we could also put back our necessary, um, well, you know, like the job and stuff, circulate back mm-hmm. here in, America, in a way to our communities. You know what I'm saying? Because it takes, you need exactly. some resource from outside here still. It takes know? training, too. Yeah, yeah, training. And that's one thing we have to really figure out. So how are we going to get some of these resources? The same how these corporations for less to try sell it back here to. I think I got one solution. Our I think I got one solution. So that way, you know, anytime our 
are you for anybody that's trying to look for a job? We could supply back from that so called unemployment. You know what I'm saying? That's yes, trying to look yes, for supply side stuff. economics. Supply yeah. side economics. Yeah, that's right. Because I trade Forex, and with Forex, I'm trading global money. So I'm trading, I trade from Africa, I trade from France, I trade about 10 different pairs, and I have automated trading bots. And my plan was basically how Edward's saying, basically extracting uh, wealth from other countries and place it back into America and take right. advantage of the American tax advantages because America has a lot of tax advantages from real estate. Yeah, I ain't and get rid of my money. fucking citizenship. I don't give a fuck what Dinah say. No, so I, go I, ahead. I, no, no, I, 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 I never do that either because, because, and be honest with you, I, 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 when he be talking that you a fourth class citizen shit, I be like, I hear no. you. No, but nigga, I've been overseas. Like you know, when you overseas, you know, when you ain't got strong plumbing, you can't flush the toilet. You gotta wipe your ass and put it in in the basket. Oh, so God, <laughs> it's not it's not as bad as it sounds. You know them bad the the, the waistbands when you do it and it flips up. It actually has it it it, it sounds so much worse than it is. I thought it would oh, be God. too. But my Damn. point is when they tell you you can't do it because of the water pressure, you know, yeah. Oh, so anyway, go ahead, man. Go ahead, man. But, um, but, but, like, but yeah, man, this is ridiculous. That, that's ridiculous. Just giving people a farce. Because I believe in trading forex money. I believe selling globally from drop shipping to private. Yeah, well, I'm going to get into that forex shit because I got a bone with the forex shit. I'm not about to throw it under the bus, but go ahead, man. But yeah, man. Forex is, forex, forex is definitely tough because I have an automated Niggas trading bot. Niggas in forex. I have an automated trading bot, and my trading bot basically gives me like a 72% win rate. And it, it's, it's average. It's all right, but I don't over hedge. I'm not extremely aggressive. But uh, niggas will bet people. they life on Forex. Like when I yes. hear niggas yes. talking about going overseas and living off of Forex money, I'm like, you st- <laughs> I like look, and people will be like, Why are you trying to shit about? I said, Look, man, I ain't got no problem with Forex. But that's like me saying, I'm gonna go overseas. I'm gonna say it. It's I like I like fantasy sports. I like sports betting. Um, but I really like fantasy sports where you can put a dollar here, you could bet up to ten thousand dollars on a game where you pick the players and stuff. You know, FanDuel, mm-hmm. DraftKings. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a very good year for that. That's like <laughs> me saying I'm gonna go overseas and and I'm gonna do money management, which you can do. But I'm gonna base my primary my primary income on that shit. And I'm like, no, you oh, do, no, you no. need passive income. And I see people trying to say that. And then when I say you don't do that, they like, what's the problem with forex? I said, look, I don't really have an issue with forex, but forex is a is a anything that's trade. I wouldn't tell nobody it's to risky. do that with stocks. It's risky speculation. It's risky. It's hyper risky. It's hyper risky because I remember one of my robots basically blew an account, and the other robots skyrocketed, like moonshotted. Then I had to be able to, to call, you know, be able to take profits out and had to extract it back into trading stocks, regular stocks like, you know, penny, penny stocks, blue chip stocks, because I trade binary, Nadex, Forex, mm-hmm. penny stocks, regular stocks, and I also do drop shipping. And what a lot of people and, and that's and the drop shipping is what kind of jumped out because the thing is you understand this is why when people say different streams of income they're not saying that it's like oh you should have a different stream of income because more is better no it's just like having people on a I wouldn't say a football team but a basketball team the point guard does not do the same thing as the guards I let me say that the guards don't do the same thing the forwards do the forwards don't do the same thing the center do. 
centers does. Technically, the shooting guard and small four operate as two wings, so they're kind of similar in a way. So certain things can be interchangeable, but at the end of the day, you don't do that. Like you don't, you do not have a point guard do a center's role. A center role is to anchor everything, and that's what I, I see forex as is like. Yes, the riskier bet, the riskier stuff is great. And because you want to get faster money. I, I know how you trade, but I'm saying if you got passive income, you want to have stable income and then you want to be able to grow that money. That's the difference between investing in the stock market and doing stock market speculation. Same thing with Forex and all of that. But what dudes get confused on is you can you ain't you shouldn't put your remove a safety net and then think Forex is gonna be the man. I don't care how good you fucking think you <laughs> anybody thinks they are. You want to develop passive income. And one of the reasons why I, I got a bone to pick with that. It's not even an issue of Forex. It's just a mindset because remember what I said earlier in this conversation is I said like network marketing or affiliate because I do affiliate marketing. So that versus that versus real estate or, or that or network. Let's say network market. Affiliate marketers have that kind of stigma versus real estate. It's all in the mind. You could lose your shirt in real estate. You could lose your shirt in Forex. I could be talking to the same dude about Forex and they're not even in Forex. And then they'll be positive about that, even though they haven't better the trader or anything. And if I tell them about something that, that's like network marketing related, which is arguably less risky, they got something to say about all of that just based on what they think they know. And they don't know nothing about like when I say they don't know nothing, they haven't even been in a company to even do that. They'll say, oh, that's a yeah. scam. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, and then. Yeah, and, and I have no problem with that because I just sort those people out. And certain people are going to say that and certain people are not. And another way you deal with people like that that I teach people is um, because a lot of these little, I call them business systems. A lot of these, because like for instance, no, for real, because that's what they are. Now, because there's a difference between traditional net, like MLM, like Amways, your Herbalife's, and by the way, this stuff doesn't have the same stigma overseas because they don't have the same access to creating businesses with capital markets like they do in the United States. So they have to do something somewhere. So they don't have that same stigma. But if I say like Amway or anything like that, like that's like the oldest company that's still in existence. It still is in existence. Yeah. Bet mm -hmm. Betsy DeVos, by the way, is your education secretary, and Betsy DeVos <laughs> is the daughter of the DeVos brothers. So I always, I always joke around. You do realize the secretary of education is from one of them pyramid schemes, right? And people joke because yeah. they don't believe me until I say, and they're the richest family in Michigan. So, like, Jennifer Granholm, that, that really attractive Brady Bunch-looking woman that was uh, there <laughs> right when they were starting to install. Yeah, she's Democrat. She went against um, the son, DeVos. So, a lot of people don't, they talk about this stuff as scams, but, like, that would have been the first thing they would have went after if, again, it is, and some of them, I get it. But, anyway, the point is, there's a difference between those companies and then, like, some of these newer companies that are, like, more, like, they, they're more, like, I don't want to say for the people, but the best way to say it is like there's there's one company. I'm not going to give names. I'm not about selling nothing right now. There's one company. This company to do what's called direct pay. And what they do is you license the company to sell a product. So you pay. So somebody would send me money via. This is going to sound kind of fucked up. It's not. It works. But people will send me money via cash app and then um, I will approve their payment. And then they got to pay the company like a $10, $5, $100 fee. It just depends on what level they're at. But they're sending me the money directly. 
So because they're sending me the money directly, I don't have to wait a week for my money or a month for my money. So it's one of those businesses I use for like cash flow. Now, what's ironic is I can run my fucking mouth and get people to send me money via PayPal for free for not even offering nothing. And I also, you know, sell people on this, too. So I will literally buy a list of leads. I will call them. I'm talking to you on a headset right now on my phone. I actually have a program called I will talk about this, say this program It's called phone burner, which allows me to auto. It's like an auto dialer. And it, I press a button, it sends a pre-recorded voicemail, it connects to my phone and everything. I got a Chromebook, so I don't need my big laptop. My point is, I can go through a whole bunch of numbers, and I teach people how to do that and do social networking and shit like that, too. And I can literally tell them, I can show you how to actually get into a business making money for like $30, um, just $30. Because I can use MailChimp as their um, customer management system, and MailChimp is free up until 2,000 subscribers. You know, yeah, so I can, I can show you how to create a business literally without, um, um, and then I use the training that I've developed, like as far as trainings and stuff like that, as a mechanism to actually give intrinsic value. So when you're joining my team, you're joining this. So my point is, something that that's not even something i would say you go overseas on now you have other things that are kind of like that but it's not with cash app stuff oh here's another thing about overseas they use bitcoin as a mechanism for you to sell this stuff internationally too so if you're dealing with somebody that can't um the bigger companies can't do this um can't pay they can pay through bitcoin that's the way i can get paid so there's, there's different levels to that because some of them are like affiliate marketing hybrids they're like affiliate marketing with a little bit of leverage some of them are straight up affiliate marketing and then some of them are um like month-to-month -month affiliate marketing and then some of them is the traditional network marketing stuff and because people are not really educated on the difference they really don't know the difference in business like franchising versus industrial business it's like you just got to find the people that are interested. So so my point is you want to diversify your income. You know, you want to have hard assets, soft assets. You want to you want to have a if you if, if that's too big for you, you want to have a hustle. Even if it's something like selling hot dogs or something like that or it's like credit repair. You want to have a hustle. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, cuz Edward they're going to eventually have to get bigger cuz I was doing the credit cuz I'm 21. I was doing credit repair stuff since 18 and I was doing the forex since I was eighteen too. It's especially in high school. I was thinking about forex, studying forex, all that stuff. Cause I was studying that stuff just as something where I need to scale. Cause I saw that five hundred to one leverage. My eyes bugged out. Shit, I was on. It. I mean, I, I realized that I had to be able to expand. Cause I needed a proper baseline, a, a better foundation. Cause having accounts blown like that and other accounts power storage like that that shit is devastating yeah devastating. yeah <laughs> go ahead man jonathan because uh really with my uh with when i watch your videos glenn and cameron videos erica williams videos it's basically a structure of marketing corporate corporate and legal structure sales process. I watch Grant Cardone for, you know, how to scale a business, how to be able to rapidly grow, how to outsource, get management, get teams. Because a lot of brothers got to understand that, too. They got to understand. I actually don't even it. listen to Grant Cardone. I've never listened to a Grant Cardone. Uh, Grant Cardone, I know, is great. So I'm not saying nothing about him. But this is just to show you how many people that are out here. I've never listened to a Grant Cardone video. Yeah, man, there's a lot of dudes out there. You got the Tony Robbins, you got the uh, Les Browns, you got the... Uh, yeah, Brendan Brichard. Brendan Brichard. Um, 
Yeah, they, uh, Ryan. Di- I mean, there's a lot. Uh, what's it? Gary V is all right too. Um, Gary V. Right, yeah, he doesn't get in the meat and bones. He don't get in the meat and bones enough because he got enough. He got game, but he don't get in the meat and bones in detail. I like uh, a lot of people have what's that? What's his fucking um um Ty Lopez? I like Ty Lopez. I like Ty. He 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 yeah, gives a lot good. of information. I, I, I subscribed to his channel. Yeah, he's excellent. Um, a lot yeah. of a lot of brothers ain't ready. A lot of brothers ain't ready. They say they want to go to overseas and do it big, have, you know, like boondocks to do a big trip. <laughs> but they ain't ready because you got to be able to adapt. You got to have a service in that market. You got to have a niche. You got to know how to figure out a niche. You got to be good with data. That's why if you understand data, you can pretty much sell anything online. Yeah, I'm all for black men have doing having to do it. I, I will say this: I'm all for black men having to do a big vacation. Lord knows the sisters are doing it. It give them getting their passport. It'll inspire them to want to do more because that's the problem. See, I, before see, I don't know how old you are, but I was doing when I was 18, 16, 17, I was doing direct mail. So that's you know, because I was twenty one. I was twenty one huh? in high school. I was selling tips. I, I was I'm twenty one now. In high school, I was selling. Oh tips. I was shit! To yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I graduated high school in two thousand five. So you're talking about two thousand four, two thousand three. That I was um in two thousand two, where I'm talking about what I'm talking about. So you see, you you had that advantage. Okay. So this just to give you an example of like a ticket. You're younger than my youngest brother. Here's the example of like a like. The, the, the scope because we're not that much different of age like we're 10 years but just to show you how much has happened in 10 years so when i would see you had a lot of stuff had to be through the direct mail and direct mail sales letters so i was op- and this stuff still works to this day i was operating on postcards and stuff like that so what i would do is i would send out postcards and then you got postcards so you have all these postcards i have them in a rubber band i have to spend you know um what, what the fuck? I forget what what the going what, what, hold on, what the going hold on hold on postage stamp today postage I forget I still I still have this shit like I can show you it's right in my drawer right in front of me I can show you this shit but I'm not gonna do it because it is what it is uh, postage stamp cost um uh rates rates first class mail yeah thirty five cent that's what I thought so I would literally do let's say back then it was like twenty five cent so I would do twenty five cent times a thousand postcards and i would do a thousand postcards and then the objective was to do a thousand postcards out i would buy so 250 plus a lead a list of leads so that would be like 125 so 375 dollars. i send that out and then what people would do is they would call me and leave a voicemail and stuff and name number email whatever i said this is before google voice and all that because i had to have a different line i used to piss my mom off saying look we go, I'm going to use the fucking house phone. Because, you know, back then, it, everybody didn't have a cell phone like that. I mean, I had, you know, you had the Razor shit. So, it, every kid didn't have a phone. So, anyway, 375 and then I get the leads. And then I would send um, a, a mail envelope. So, I do stuff these envelopes. And it had the sales letter in there, the package in there, brochure. And those things would cost me X amount of dollars per. And they'd be, like, in purple or certain colors. So, people make sure they got it. And um, I was sending that out, and then that's how I started. That's how I made my money. So, I, and technically, you can still do this today, if you, because nobody's really doing it anymore like that, because everybody's online. So that's what I was doing back then, and that was in two thousand two. And what you have to understand now, all of that stuff, you still have MySpace, but that stuff, MySpace was big, but it wasn't. It didn't have a virility to it like it does now. Mm-hmm. You have um, Black Planet, but again, the virility. 
And then you got to remember, Facebook didn't come alive till 2008. Um, YouTube came alive in 2005. So anyway, that's the first part. The second part, which is the more important part, I want y'all to understand is people forget. This is one thing to understand at, at, at like your age. There will, you're, you're already aware but there's going to be certain things that you're going to miss the boat on. Like, for instance, I don't know how you are with Bitcoin, but it was a great lesson for you seeing Bitcoin rise and fall. Because now you kind of yeah. have it in your mind that if you, you can get in on certain things and things will go up real big and then you can get out. You know, yeah. but a yeah. lot, for yeah. me, that was Google. That was Google. See, so, Go ahead. Yeah, man, because I know what you mean about pulling out. Because I've seen dudes basically mortgage their entire house, Bitcoin at 19000 Everybody thought it was going well, to 50K. Honest, he mortgaged his house. I made, I made a couple of dollars off of Bitcoin. Me and the business partner, we made a couple of dollars. But we pulled out because I made my account from 250 to 3Gs. I said, I got to pull out. <laughs> I got to pull out. I just made $250 yeah. in the 3Gs. Yeah, I got to pull out. So for me, that was the goal. You Google was that goal rush. People forget. People act like Google always existed. There used to be a whole bunch of search engines. Ask Jeeves, you know, AOL and Yahoo back when Yahoo was a lot bigger. Yahoo was a lot bigger earlier on. AOL was a lot bigger earlier on. And then Google was the first one to really start using that kind of uh, machine learning technology that would then be the like AI kind of technology. Uh, or algorithm technology that you know for today. And Google, when Google is trying to get everybody on their stuff, they, they do what all companies do is they make it a free-for-all. So when you are, so first of all, if you could put it up on Google, this was harder because this way you had to do a lot more coding, you could get found. I'm not even talking about that. When Google first started doing their leads, I still, because this is where Ryan Dice and all of them came from. Well, uh, Ryan Dice wrote the book, Internet Marketing for Dummies, like, he, they let him write that. Um, when you used to do um, the original Google clicks, that shit used to be so cheap before they started doing their initial updates. Marketers, I mean, that shit was a gold rush because you could put anything up there, prescription, not prescription, but like certain like, you know, supplements, everything. And it was just a matter if you were somebody that you were in importing and exporting, it was a dream because it was no money. And that, that came and went because they did a couple of updates. Then you had Facebook when Facebook had to take that market from AdWords. So Facebook used to be when it comes to clicks. Then you then even when they started raising their money a little bit, you still had the Facebook pages, which were giving you they weren't doing that six reach bullshit. They were doing a reach like where you would get crazy reach. So you could get like 0.001 cent per like. I'm talking about paying for it on a Facebook platform, not some buying likes bullshit. So you can build up pages that'll be extremely large, but people didn't really know what to do with it other than the basic bullshit they're doing. YouTube, people forget before you start doing YouTube ads, a lot of these PewDiePies and these motherfuckers that came from YouTube, they came from a specific generation in YouTube. There was a specific three-year period when YouTube was based on, if you can get the views, they would throw your stuff out because they're trying to get as many people on YouTube as possible and stand on the platform as possible because remember, YouTube was bought by Google in 2005 so in that, it was 2009 through 12. 
And I remember because this was back when they had response videos where you literally could make a response video and link and make. That's where that comes from in the manosphere. That's not just some shit that niggas just started doing. It used to be actual thing in the platform. And a lot of these huge YouTubers, I'm talking about the ones that are million. I'm talking about ones that are like north of like five or six million, like mm-hmm. the personalities. That's where they come from. That's where the YouTube famous comes from. And a lot of these kids, when you like, see, because your age, you're young enough, you know about the musically, you know about the um. A lot of these like high school pages where they'll have like attractive girls and shit and people are doing yeah. reaction videos to women on yeah. musically and th- those people don't spend money yet. Yeah. So even though that has a lot of virility traffic, it's it's not where people are putting a lot of ads on it yet. No. So gold rushes come and go. It's basically what I'm saying. You All right, did, man. Where we guys? I yeah. asked on my Discord. Um is this A Smitty twenty seven? Can you hear me? Oh, hold on. Hey, Smitty, can you hear me? Hmm. Whenever you ready, Hey, Smitty, you could speak. I think you're typing. Because, right. yeah, uh... um, but I, like I said before, um, yeah, because with any technology that's on the rise, it's like this. And this is what I've learned, but I was not an investor back, I would say, four or five years ago, maybe. And so I came across um, outlets like the Black Business School and all that stuff, which is cool. I mean, I I I, I, I messed with it with the um forex like like you, Jonathan. Back then, I stopped it because I was just money because I was dealing with certain people that are not like quote unquote super experts. It's like they just learn a thing and they just found like a uh what do you call it? What's the word? A certain um trick. Certain you know? niche because yeah, I use eventually, yeah. And I didn't make not much. I didn't win no money at all. I just left it alone. But the point is this. When there's certain technologies on the rise as an opportunity, people should really jump at it, especially when Bitcoin was sell for like pennies at the time. You know? <laughs> um, um, I would say nine years ago or eight years ago, you know, before it started to jump like four years later. <laughs> Then it took a big dip. Then it took a big dip. Then it yeah, it took a dip, but you know, it kind of started to mess around again, so it kind of jumped back up again. Yeah, I knew a Bitcoin was. I mean, Bitcoin. I knew a Bitcoin was back in the 2013 to 12 days with the Silk Road, like a lot of the underground stuff. So I knew. I didn't know. Like I knew what it what people were using it for, but I didn't really know. So I I heard the concept. But the way I was using Bitcoin was I was overseas. I needed a way to access my money. So I wasn't even throwing money in the Bitcoin. I said, yeah, I'm getting tired of PayPal, you know, telling me my shit. I'm, I'm, my shit looks funny. Like I'm trying to fund terrorism, some shit, and move money around because I, I don't like using Western Union and all that shit. Like, because, yeah, because I would change my VPNs and shit. No, I'm serious because I would be in countries working and my money would get, you know, because these are American companies, they're depositing that in my accounts. And I didn't have, like, credit cards and stuff like like that like that so you can't use debit cards and stuff you got to move that money somewhere so you can access it so i would use my paypal card and then the atm machine ate that bitch one time and then i was panicking luckily they have a system no luckily they have a system to where they actually give you the card back you have to go to the bank so people pick it up and stuff like that but i i bitcoin was my way of being able to access my currency when i was different places that's what i value it for i didn't really give a shit about the speculation shit that okay, was just me okay, okay um so and that, that's that was just me for a practical yeah so 
because you have people all over the world using Bitcoin as uh, a, how you say that's more like a currency uh, transactional uh, type yeah. of repeated transactions. And people forget that when they're selling Bitcoin. So I, that's the one thing I would say for brothers is like, especially somebody doing digital services like I do. This is a way for me to access my money. This is also a way for me to um, build people so people can pay me in Bitcoin. Dude, I'm going to tell you, in my, in my mall, um, like uh, my mall, Apple, so you know, mall, right? They, we've got a Bitcoin, um, we've got a Bitcoin um, ATM machine. It says Bitcoin. You can put Bitcoin in there. You can take Studio City, huh? California, we got one. Studio City, California, we got one. Yeah, so a lot of, and I take pictures, yeah, I take pictures of that to let people understand this shit is realer than what you think, and it's a small little machine. It's, I mean, it looks like an ATM machine, but it really looks, it's not like big, like traditional ATM machine, so the shit's real. You don't have to necessarily be speculating into it to know that, and, and it's another thing is, with these with the direct pay stuff that I was talking about, I can actually have people pay me in Bitcoin, too. So I so so it allows these companies to be more international than they otherwise would. Now, if you're dealing, so if so, I got a lot of Filipinos that I know because of my time. I spent like seven months, um, <laughs> five months one time, and seven months in the Philippines. I'm dead ass serious. And some of them have <laughs> yeah. made their way over to the United States, and I worked with them in the um, you know call center industry and stuff like that. And they're on my Facebook and stuff like that. You know, very little social and chatter chatter boxes, so to speak. And I'll throw this at them. Now, I know that $30 is a lot more for them because I can because the things have levels from $30 all the way up to a thousand to two thousand. They get the high ticket. I've gotten um, cash out payments of a thousand dollars before. And, um, you know, and it's and it's just and what happens is the way you usually get that is if somebody comes at you, usually I'll tell them, look, if you're serious, come at it at the hundred. Um, But if, if the 30 is all they can do, I'll show them how to do that. And then what happens is if I help them learn how to make money, then obviously they need to come up on the other levels. Because if somebody else comes up on it, then they're not going to get that payment. So they're not using their hard-earned money to do it. They're using money that they brought in to up up on the level. So they got to come through me. And that's how you turn a smaller ticket item into a larger ticket item from an affiliate standpoint. And the product is, is an educational product. That's what they use as the digital product. Um, you know, in order to back, you know, so it's it's legitimate business. Like for instance, Boyce Watkins, that's what Boyce Watkins does as far as his thing, he just does it in the form of a school. Now, y'all mentioned Boyce Watkins. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I like Boyce Watkins okay. and I respect yeah, what Boyce Smithy. It is all right, yeah. No, 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 keep keep talking until you start. All right, so I wanted I wanted to make this clear. If I was talking I, this is true whether it's guys my age or younger guys. I like Boyce Watkins. I absolutely respect what he's doing. We need more people actually talking for black economics in the forefront like that. So I don't like saying this. I wouldn't tell you to buy it. I've bought things from Boyce Watkins School, and and I've satisfied with them. One of them is called How to Sell and Make Money. But, But I would not tell dudes younger than me to buy anything from Boyce Watkins. Not right now. And I'm going to tell you why. All right, all right, Edward. All right, I can hear you. Yeah. Um, you could turn the mic a little bit, um, Smitty. Yeah. I want to finish that statement because it sounds yeah, like yeah, I'm throwing voice yeah, yeah. under the bus. All right, yeah. Let Edward finish, Smitty. Then you can talk. Go ahead. Yeah, it'll take. Yeah, give me like thirty seconds. The reason why I'm saying that is. Why would I tell y'all if, if, if I can give you the same education, if I can give you better education for free, why would I tell you to pay for education? Why would I tell when I know somebody, Glenn and Cameron 
Erica Shanta Williams, you've got, and, and, and all the people that we just talked about, people like Ty Lopez, and I can show you actually where the links are, like for certain topics that you all are interested in. Why would I tell y'all to pay $100, $200, $300, or $500 for Boyce Watkins courses when you can actually get more actionable information on free on, on the YouTube channel? I'm talking about actionable information that are delivered on free YouTube channels. Why would I tell you that when I know there's better information somewhere? Even when he talks about the black history stuff, home team history gives better, more gamed up information. Why would I do that? I'm so me. I'm hustling y'all by doing that. And my thing is, if I was talking to Boyce, I'll end it. I'll, I won't even go over there. I'll just end it with that because I can follow up on that. But Glendon can. Glenn, I, you should pay for what Glendon Cameron is offering. But if you go to Hustler Kung Fu and go into those archives and I actually know where the videos are, his shit is far superior to Glendon Cameron's shit as far as you actionably understanding how to set up this shit, not academic actionable from somebody that actually did it from somebody that was not always rich. So anyway, I'll end it with that. All right. Hey, Smitty, can you hear me? Can you hear him? I got to drop off, uh, Edward. It was it was a blessing. I got to drop off. Uh, okay. Chaos, my dude. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, Edward, can you hear him? Hey, Smitty. Can you hear him? Because I can't hear him. You got to speak up, Hey, Smitty, because it sounds low on my end. Ah, oh, shit. Um, I can hear you, but I can I'm barely sure. hear him now. He could barely hear. Edward could barely hear. You. I can hear you from my end, but he could barely hear you from his end. I mean, if they can't hear him on the, the question is, can they hear him on the stream? Well, who's watching? Let me check. Let me take a look. Um, there's two people watching right now, so they can't give me no answer. There was five, but now I went to two. So I mean, so let him talk. I'm gonna mute my phone, and I'm gonna see if um I can hear him on the stream. All right, go ahead. All right, talk, Smitty. Well, I just dropped in. I think Edward actually um, shared the post. And um, I just popped by and I heard um, you guys talk about drop shipping. So I was more um, coming on the stream from a, um, like, more to ask questions and trying to get more information. I can hear you better now. I can hear you perfectly now. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, actually... Yeah, I, I am actually subscribed to Edward. Um, actually, um, I I've been on on um, hangouts with you, um, Chaos um, BTS. So mm -hmm. it's like um, I, I've been to China. I think you remember um, um, I've been to China, and I was asking um, Michael about dropshipping que um, questions and everything. So I just mm -hmm. was hanging out late at night, and I just heard you guys going on about e-commerce or dropshipping and and everything. So that's why I was just more asking questions on that. You get that? Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not a dropshipping expert. That's not the, but I know of it. I know of Alibaba, AliExpress. I know I do the, I know the marketing side of it with things like Shopify and stuff like that. Um, so I guess, what what questions do you have? Well, actually, um, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Actually, like the um, marketing side is what I'm, I'm trying to get into mostly. Amazon IPA, but 
I do very well. I mean, Ty Lopez, the main thing that Ty Lopez is really good for is teaching you how to set up a social media um, client business. That's where his money comes from. So when it comes to spending and he his information is great. You can kind of, you know, jerry rig his information to anything. But that's but his stuff can be expensive. And there's other places you could spend your money to get a lot of information from this more specific on things like Shopify. Um, so that's another thing. A lot of these online personalities, they're good at certain things. And it's not that they're not good at others. It's just certain things are their focus. So if you ain't got all the money in the world to just be like throwing it at certain people, there's certain people that, you know, like I said, that money would be better spent at. Um, as far as Shopify, here's the main thing you have to under, not just Shopify, but drop shipping. The main thing you have to understand is where people are making uh, the big money. This is, I'll say this. A lot of people talk about the sales they made, but they don't talk about how much they net. They talk about how much they gross, but they're not talking about how much they net. Are they netting a lot of money? Sure. But it's not as much as the money that they're grossing. So mm -hmm. a lot of people will spend, like Ryan Dice even said this one time. He said he'll spend, sometimes he'll spend $200,000 on Facebook ads. And technically he made his money back, but he'll net maybe like 80000 which is great. But he, but again, he spends a lot of money for, to get that. He spends a lot of money in Facebook ads to get that 80000 And that's different than somebody that's spending, let's say, 50000 on ads. And then they get like 120000 that's something that they don't say in the marketing a lot of times. So the key thing you have to understand is you have to be willing to spend money on it. You got to look at advertising like a, um, like a stock or a barrel of oil. How much are you willing to pay? What areas like YouTube, Facebook? Really, those are the biggest games, but even Google AdWords, but really it's Facebook and YouTube. Now people are talking about YouTube now because less people are doing videos, so you can get better bang for your buck for your um, advertising. But Facebook is still good. And I would say if I had to put a number on it if for somebody to start, I'd say if you're willing to spend $5 a day per ad, that's really, I'd say $15 a day. And I say $5 a day per ad, that's like a good starting point that you can scale up from. I don't know if that gives you more focus or whatever. Yeah, that, that actually helped. Like, well, my thing is, like, I actually went to China to get my aunt. Actually, she started her drop shipping company, and we actually have somebody in China to help us pick out product for her. Yeah, that gives you an advantage. Yeah, so she already has her own store open. So that was an interesting fact that I keep going there and, and picking product. Um, by hand, which I might be doing again, hopefully uh, before the year ends. But and also the marketing side, I'm trying to like to have different um, different trends of income too. I'm trying because I'm trying to actually start my own um, drone flying business. Um, like do certain services with my drone, so I'm actually looking at trying to figure out how how many different incomes I can get. Cause I work a regular nine to five, so I have the time. I work at night because on the day I usually have the time to do it. I'm just now. Another great thing for you, there's a website called nichehacks.com, dude that runs his name, Stuart, um, because even no matter how good you are with the marketing, you still got to know how, it, it sounds like you're selling different products, not different products as far as like certain things are more obscure than others, but if you're selling different products, your profitability is going to be 
based on how much you understand the people that you're selling to message market match so putting the right products with the right ads in front of the right audience nitshacks.com is a site this is a free website you can have a paid membership version as well um there's an email version where he gives you some good stuff too but this site will help you be able to literally think through niches so you'll literally be able to break down audience groups based on not even so much on demographics but take what you said with the drone thing they're going to be a drones are at a certain price point good ones so i mean really i mean you tell fuck you tell me how how much does it cost i mean i i know what i see in best buy but how much with, with a typical like what type of drone how much what how much is the cost of the drones you're trying to sell price range well i'm not trying to sell them right away um because you can get some burner ones, like the ones cheap, like in China, you can get them at price sell like for maybe fifty bucks, if, and you can actually sell okay, uncle bottom. But I'm saying also another business I'm doing is a drone business where I can I film weddings and everything and, and all that. So that's my other you do what business I'm starting. I'm trying to get my drone license. I gotta get a license to fly my drone, and so I can film weddings or do. Oh, okay. So you're doing a service with it. No, absolutely. Okay, that's great too. Um, that's great too because there, there's a novelty with that. Because that's that's one of the things I was actually going to say. I mean, there's a novelty for doing that for real estate services because that gives realtors and real estate companies a kind of competitive advantage um, on certain things. There's um, the weddings. There's the you know. I mean, hell, you can sell the fucking stock footage. A lot of stock, you know, depending on what area you're in. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things you could do with that, but that's not really drop shipping. I know. I just that's another business I'm starting too. It's, it's just like because I need to learn how to market that business too. So that's why I'm just learning. I want to learn how to market. Period. Because there's, cause I live in Pittsburgh, so there's a lot of um business opening up here, it's becoming a real tech hub. So if a lot of these businesses need somebody to market for them, so there's a lot of money. I actually met somebody when I was at my job. Say like just in like three months, he's already he's um he's a job about money for marketing for these like new restaurants opening up. Okay, um, so I mean, I could give you, I could verbally give you some names, but um. You know, as far as like information where you could look these people up and get a whole bunch of really, really good information. Um, but I mean, the best thing probably would be for you to email me and I can give you a list of names that's specific to that. Because marketing a business or service is going to be a little bit different. Like there's guys like Vince Reed, but there's guys that's going to teach you the basics of how to interface with these ads for these services. Because a lot of services you're talking about would be more local, local advertising. So you would, so it would be a kind of thing where you could simply look for people that are influencers local to Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh is having kind of a technological renaissance. Pittsburgh is not that far from Cleveland. Um, so, you know, I used to live right outside of Cleveland. Um, you got people like Chris, uh, Vince, Re Vince Reed, um, Chris Record. Uh, what's this? Oh, God, I can't believe his name is escaping me. There's dudes, black, white, that I can show you that they can give you a lot of groundwork information that will help you very quickly understand what you need to do. For like a service like that, the key thing you want to be able to do is... A service like that has novelty, so have an understanding as far as how much you're going to call charge and stuff like that, like a, a, what people would do. But uh, when you're looking at certain niches... That's the first thing I would say if I can give you advice. So actually that niche hacks thing actually helps you very well on this too. You want to look at, okay, you know you want to do weddings. I just said real estate is going to be a big market. 
because you got realtors just going to want to do that as a mechanism to, to better sell um sell those houses. especially and here's the thing especially if you're dealing with big property real estate because doing like houses is not going to work you want people you want the bigger if you if you have the kind of fortitude to talk to these people because everybody does it and that's okay you want to be able to deal with the people that have bigger properties because those are to be the people that actually have to show something, you know, more. Because people with this house is not going to really need like a small, like ha like a house, a normal ha residential house. is not going to have a big need to do a lot of drone shit because they, cause they're not really showing property. They're just showing the house and the property is just a segmented cutter. So um, you have to look at the niches that this service would benefit. And then, you know, understand, like, what are they paying in those? Like I said, niche hats will break that down. Uh, once you understand that, then you can understand how to actually get in front of these people, um, you know, locally. Because you're looking at a local service. So you're looking at the Pittsburgh area. So luckily you're in the city. And then from there, it's just a matter of creating a marketing method with a lot of these people like Vince Reed, Ryan Dice. And there's books out there to show you how to do it. The Cashvertising book. Um, chaos can speak to that. The cash advertising book will actually tell you everything you need to know. You, if you do the cash advertising book plus the niche hats book, that's really all you need to know. Yeah. And then I'll give you some names of some people that you can um, look at their videos and they have videos where they break down like the basics and then they go deeper. And then that's just stuff that you're kind of putting in your brain. But really, nitchats.com and cash advertising all you really need to know. And it'll, t it'll tell you everything you need to know to go deeper that you want to. Yeah. Can you put your email on the chat? The, um, yeah. Uh, are, are, are you subscribed to his channel? Yeah, I am. So this is what you do, yeah. um, Smitty, because I'm going to end tonight's broadcast. Um, Go to his comment on any of his videos and let him know who you are, and he should respond with an email if he doesn't have it on his um stream. Yeah, um, I put my email in there. I just got rid of the dot. Um, the dot or did it did it get yeah the dot com so you know to put that another recommendation that i recommend too is um is instagram like really yeah, like create a, right now create a, and, and, and i know a lot of people say yeah that's true it's absolutely true you need to create a channel that does videos because that's something that's very very novel See, it's not just having an Instagram channel. You got something that could be novel that is something that will allow people that's in your local area to want to subscribe to you, too. Because people look at subscribers overall, but if you can keep them local in your area, that's something that'll build up, and that'll build up kind of your reputation, and you'll find it. That's just the type of thing where everybody thinks is cool. They'll, they'll have no reason to not want to click subscribe to something like that. Um, it's something that will give you a lot of clout that can help you go into these higher tiers. Because if you're dealing with people that deal with selling um, bigger property, you can charge a lot, especially if you have that license. Because everybody doesn't have that. You know, so they know you're serious. And then this is when Glenn and Cameron will be telling you to create kind of like a corporation about that and stuff like that. You know, 150. So but the Instagram thing will really help you because that's something that a lot of people will want to subscribe to. Uh, and then that will allow you to kind of exchange like like um, promotion for promotion. So especially if you're dealing with the 4K video with the drones and if you're the type of person, where you know how to get these drones cheap. So you kind of know a lot about drones, so you know which drones can actually do what you need to do. So you're not spending like $1,000 on a drone. Because really, they don't care what the drone you're using. They just care about what the video that you're coming out with. Yeah. But anyway, email me with that, and I'll give you the names. Go ahead. All right. Well, yeah, I want to say, well, my, um, I've been helping my uncle, because he, the reason why I went to China, he has his own business, and 
products made in China. So I kind of been helping them with the um, the Instagram videos. Kind of is more lucrative, and he said it's working, but he's just having trouble editing the videos. So I, I kind of been helping him with his business, and also my drone shoots 4K right now. I have like a mini drone that's good enough to shoot those things. I'm also saving up to buy a newer one right right now. So it's just that like a lot of things happening. But um, yeah, I'll email, I got your email down. I'm gonna email you in a couple minutes after the move down the stream. All right. So. Yeah. Right. Absolutely, and I'll give you some names and be very specific. I won't inundate you with names. I'll give you people that are specific to what you're trying. I'll separate them and people that are better for Shopify and people that are better for you getting your service working. Yeah, I'll also save this video on my, um, in my um, favorite, so All right. any information I missed earlier, I'll catch you. Yep. Okay. okay, thank you, Smitty. Come, I'm going to end this call right here. Um, subscribe to Anderson and hit him up after the show. All right? All right. Good. Mm-hmm. Now, um, this is very lengthy, but I hope that y'all enjoyed tonight's stream. I'm sitting right there, Edward. Um, tune in. I think I might go live again in maybe tomorrow or the next day, but stay on lookout. If you're not subscribed to Chaos Rain, please subscribe. You know, Comment at the end of every video I've done, and always like this video. Cash ups on the super chat. I mean, on the I'm not super chat, but the chat room. I might put a description maybe at the end of the stream. And like always, Edward Ennis is no stranger to YouTube, so y'all know where to find him. You know, he's putting up some things, very informative. And I know when I read the comments, um, chat room, the feel is very long with it. But you know, people had to get their thought across. You know what I'm saying, and that's how I look at it. Some people express it short, some people express it long. And yeah, it, I can express it this short. Information. It, it information. At the end of the day, and way how you take it, you know, you gotta keep your attention. You know what I'm saying, keep, keep focus on the, the things that you need. That's how I look at at the end of the day. You about to say something? Else? No, I was just gonna say. Um, that's that's all I was gonna say. I mean, at the end of the day, I can be long winded because part of it is I'm passionate about what I'm talking about, and because a lot of people think, oh, you you talk about these bitches, but now see, this is an example of me being long winded about business, and I didn't throw like sisters under the bus or anything like that. I'm just as pat. In fact, I'm thinking about creating a channel just specifically on this because even though it's not a whole bunch of subscribers that. He cares about business. Those are people that's willing to put out money and be in, like on a team. If you can create a collectivity of something that people can buy into that's within people's price ranges, because that's a big problem. If you're asking people to to do something, like like I'll say this. Whenever I tell somebody when it comes to these business systems, I put in air quotes. I always say this. Look at do you give a shit about the product they're talking about, whether it's digital or not. How much does it cost to join? How much does it cost to stay in? How much does it cost to promote? How fast is the turnaround money? If you can answer all those questions positive favorably, then you're good. What happens is people expect somebody to drop like $500 and spend like $250 a month. And I'm like, people are not going to do that. You need something that's a little bit lighter. And that's why I like the affiliate marketing aspect. Because once you know how to do it, you can actually show other people how to do it that is within what their budget is, a reasonable budget. Because I respect that people don't have all the money in the world to be betting it all on stuff. They need something that could be a hustle. And then their hustle can actually allow them to spend more money on getting bigger stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening to tonight's stream. And like always, comment, subscribe. Oh, damn. Comment, subscribe, and like the stream. And other than that, let the chaos rain.